This episode of The League Rundown is brought to you by Moxie and Zen. Check out moxieandzen.com slash tforce or just use the code tforce for 20% off of your order. Premium, inexpensive boxers made from bamboo to help wick away the sweat, leaving your bot lane feeling fresh. Compared to the rest, none of them will keep you as comfy as Moxie and Zen. Episode 432 of the League Rundown, brought to you by the Trinity Force Network. This is the ultimate episode, the final episode of 2022 World's Championship. The finals review. This episode is with so much love. Entitled, <clears throat> Come at the Kingin, you best not miss. What is a goat to an alpaca? Unbearable weight of massive talent. Zekel and hide on bush. The swan song and the smiteless lamb. A.K.A. DRX gonna give it to you. I'm your host, Sean Jigliudef Duffy, and I am so happy to be joined not only by a full cast, but to give you all the longest ever title the League Rundown <laughs> has had in its entire existence. Uh, we've got. And that's not for uh, lack of trying. Yeah. No, we have definitely done this before. <laughs> it was way too long. Uh, we've got the ever present Jack Soman. Twitch.tv slash Jack Soman. Worlds is over. I should actually be streaming more often now. Hell yeah. We've got live from his own bedroom, Kangas Cass. I want it to be known that uh, I was the only one that said maybe it was too long. So you know this is going to be a, a really weird episode, uh, if that's the energy we're coming in here with. The voice of reason. Uh, we've got the man who may have ascended not to trashhood, but to godhood uh, this past weekend. It's, of course, big... No, I'm kidding. It's, it's Badger, baby. <laughs> I, I mean... I mean, you could throw it to Bickle. I don't care. I just, I, I never thought that I would cry in a theater at like 1.45 in the morning watching my boy lift a trophy. But here we are, a uh, bucket list crossed off, I guess. Crying in a theater is also on my a bucket weird list. Bucket so I appreciate list. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Kind of an odd one. Are you crying into the bucket? Is that what's happening? Never mind. I don't want to know. It's crying into <laughs> in the, the bin. bin. Crying into the bin. There it is. Oh, he wasn't uh, at which, this yeah, and also Deft was kind of in a bin for a while, let's be honest. Uh, all right, we've got... Uh, he's loose. It's Mongoose. 
I uh, do not have the same uh, feelings toward crying in a public place as Badger does, so I stayed home mm-hmm. and cried at home. Mm. Okay. Comfort of your own home. I like it. Uh, we have the man who's defeated the evil bear spirit yet again. It's Bickle. I think we just got to call it after this. We've peaked in terms of title. We've peaked in terms of league. Like, it's over. We just got to call it yeah. after this. Yeah. Let's all go. Uh, this is a Valorant podcast after this, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shift to something NA can. Oh, God. They haven't won. Oh, no. Never mind. Yeah, we're moving they, they on. They were right. like the very beginning when Sentinels won. Yeah, that's true. They did win a major. That's how Fair NA enough. esports always goes, though. Mm-hmm. We're the best we, at the we start, make the game. and then we quickly fall off. <laughs> that's why that's but, the only part that counts. The first tournament is the only thing that counts. Mm-hmm. It's true. Stop the count. Unless it's League. All right. Stop we also count. lost League first <laughs> Worlds, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we've got a bunch of Worlds news for y'all. 2022 World Championship has come to a close. Three of us actually got to participate somewhat, participate in person uh, in San Francisco for the finals itself. Uh, Kangas and Mazel were two of the lucky winners of the, really the lottery of just being able to purchase tickets several weeks ago. And they got to enjoy everything in person along with quite a few members of the uh, League Rundown community. Uh, So I want to give a huge shout out to all y'all who we met up with, Crush You, uh, Mr. Emperor, um bomo as well uh these were three gentle fine young gentlemen uh we were able to touch base with and chat with uh, and hang out with over the weekend so thank you guys for joining us uh, a couple of them a couple of you guys crush and uh bomo actually flew in uh whereas mr emperor just showed us around sort of his home area um but thank you guys huge huge uh deal to meet people who listen to the stupid bullshit we talk about every week and enjoy it for some reason uh, but hey, they weren't the only ones there. They weren't the only ones watching. In fact, Worlds in North America peaked at 5.1 million viewers for the finals alone. Does anyone here happen to know what the peak was before this year? Wasn't it like do barely not, 4 million? Guess. It was barely four million oh that's higher than i was gonna guess i was gonna guess like 3.5 yeah four million was the previous high for a world's finals viewership uh absolutely mental if uh you were you know we saw for weeks now oh viewership's down north american world's not going so well in terms of viewership and then this happens Whoo! maybe we just need more deft versus faker finals Here, here's the lesson though the real lesson we need more West Coast games and less East Coast games. True. That three-hour difference is enough that this was a much, much better time slot for the East than the rest of Worlds has been. I've always said it. West Coast, best coast, guys. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else you want from me. Uh, I, all right, pretty I awesome. I was to say, it was pretty great getting home and watching the clock change as I got home and then realizing I have to be <laughs> up in four and a half hours. So that was pretty cool. Hey, you got an extra hour, man. Come on. <laughs> what are you complaining about? I mean, so the solution um, is we just need a phenomenal storyline of two of the greatest players of all time facing off in finals with someone chasing their albatross as a trophy. We can do that every year, guys. No big yeah. deal. Yeah. No, Next year, yeah, Uzi sure. comes back. Yeah, and we get Uzi versus Aframu in the finals. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, classic Look rivalry. At it. Look at that. I, yes, sure. 
Yeah. So, you know, we know they hate each other. Five also went to the, the same high school. That's what we need too. We need the Aurelian soul back in. There's going to be a rework in the off season. Um, all right. Greatest worlds of all time. Uh, gentlemen, we already know Badger's answer for this. Uh, the rest of us old heads, I guess, Jax, you and I are the only ones who've actually been watching since the beginning. Although, am I the only one who's actually been watching since the beginning? I started in season two, so. Yeah, okay, so it's just me. This is the best individual worlds in terms of everything combined overall. The storyline, the finals were incredible. We got to see so many good matchups. We didn't get really shitty. Uh, we only got, like, what, two bad matchups post group stage yeah uh we got some upsets we had bad teams getting eliminated quickly enough that we didn't have to worry about them Mm -hmm. uh we had some weirdness even happen in the play-in stage we had a team march all the way from play-ins to victory champions crowned champions drx made it through every single stage of worlds which went from mexico city to new york to atlanta to San Francisco and won it all. And that has never happened before. Like just period. It's rare for playing teams yeah. to even make it two quarters to begin with. It's hard enough just to make it to groups sometimes. Like the storylines and the performances were fantastic enough. Something that also just added to it. This meta was phenomenal with how open and diverse it was and how many champs were available to be picked. I mean, one of the most goddamn contested picks in knockout stage was Heimer's support. It's crazy. Who the, who the hell saw that coming? If Yumi wasn't a red side permaban requirement, this would just straight up be the best meta we've ever had without question. The fact that that put a lot of pressure on red side drafts, I think is why we saw so much like blue side wins narrative in some of the series throughout worlds. Cause mm-hmm. holy fuck Yumi. But Dude, we also had like two of the top five best of fives we've ever had internationally in the same tournament. It's insane. Mm -hmm. I I think the red side statistic, though, made finals so much more exciting, especially the last game. Yes. Uh, So it was like at one point it's like, yeah, it kind of sucks that it's a permaban. But at another point, it makes winning on red side so much more impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. Um. Congrats to DRX. We've mentioned it several times already. The title has every single uh, starting player as well as the head coach uh, mentioned in it. They are your new champions, uh, first time winners up against Faker. Faker now has, by the way, more finals losses, international finals losses than Barrel has world's finals appearances, which is kind of impressive in its own right. He's been in five, Faker's been in five international finals and lo, or won five, lost four, and Barrel just won his third or his second world's title itself. <laughs> you nailed this, Duffy. Jesus. You're doing Christ. a good job. So I'm hard. proud of you. I'm like just Somebody jumping around toast? like, okay, numbers, numbers, numbers. Um, yeah, this is why I don't do this in my daily life. Uh, this was absolutely wild. All the different just big, big names coming into this. Uh, the way that everything actually occurred on the stage, which we will talk about in just a few moments, uh, including the side narratives. God, this fucking rocked. And then here's the thing. Did any of us see this MVP coming? No. Not even a little bit. I mean, 
if we had known that he trained with big dokes, then we yeah. always would have called this. <laughs> that was the key. Your finals MVP 2022 was DRX's top laner, Kingen, who fuck? handily took care of Zeus three out of five games. Dude, even the other even two close. games, like he held I'd his say own like pretty well. Four out of five, honestly. There's only one where he was really behind. Mm hmm. It, yeah. It's kind of mental. It, it we'll was, talk more about it. I think a big reason why that came out of the blue is because of the top laners that King had been taken down up to that point in the quarterfinals and semifinals. It was like, okay, but like now it's going to be the real test. Like, can King still hang? It's like, okay, I guess, I guess he can. Yeah. <laughs> and he was going even with some of those other ones, right? Like it wasn't like he put Doran in a body bag. Um, he did better. Certainly, but he wasn't destroying him. That was not the case in the finals. Uh, hmm. He made Zeus his little bitch. Often. Consistently. Uh, especially game five. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Initial skin picks. We do know from the post-Worlds press conference that the individual players have chosen the champs they would like to get a skin for. Uh, as a reminder for everyone who hasn't been uh, maybe following for a while or just forgot, that does not guarantee Riot's going to give them the skin they want. Uh, there are some specific requirements that Riot already has. You have to play it at Worlds. Uh, I think you have to play it a certain amount of time or a certain number of games, etc. It can't just be a pick that you really want. It's got to be indicative of your win at Worlds. Uh, and Bickle, I think you've got those offhand. Yeah, so for top lane, Kingen says Aatrox, the champ he's played the most, performed the most on. Uh, Jungle, if anybody's shocked by this, before I tell you that Pyoshik's name literally means Mark... He has picked. He's going Kindred. with Jarvin. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wait. Sorry, sorry. Kindred. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, damn. Mid lane. Kindred's first name is Mark. <laughs> hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi. Ah. Uh, yeah. Why are we talking about the, to the support from LPL? <laughs> Zeka has right, gone we have with. We've gotten too far. Yeah, Zeka's gone with a collie. Caitlyn was the pick for Deft. And Ash was the pick for Beryl. Because That's once again. Barrel wants a skin based off Genshin Impact. No, it's Honkai Impact. It's not Genshin Impact. Get it uh, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? What is that? It is. It is a different, different game. Yeah. Uh, is They're it like something bootleg? Impact? Is that like Paladins to Overwatch? It's another waifu gotcha yeah, game. Pretty much. All. all right. Okay. Tell me no more. I uh, also, no Juhan has chose Maokai, and he is actually eligible as long as Riot doesn't block him, since because he did play he, two I games and play-ins. Their rules that they have previously stated is you either need two games in play-ins, two games in groups, or one game in knockouts. He had two games in play-ins, therefore he is eligible. He had two games in play-ins, and he won both. Yes. Did he and play both Maokai? were effective. He played Maokai. Did I say Maokai? Oh, I meant Maokai. 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 You may have yeah. said yeah, yeah, two yeah. games of Maokai, Maokai and one game of Lee Sin. Yeah, so, but Maokai he lost the game on Lee Sin, so... He chose Maokai. Yeah, yeah right. Oh, that's like kind of sad as a jungler. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, but he also was like, played three games, so at least he's getting a skin, or could potentially, mm -hmm. as long as Riot's mm -hmm. like, no, never mind. Riot better not block too much him, work. to be honest. He played more than most subs get to play at Worlds. PSG skin, let's go. winning teams. <laughs> Juhan was on PSG at the beginning of the year. I'll take it. It is a dub for the PCS. <laughs> uh, I'm not counting it. Sorry. Hey, he he got first in PCS season. and then went and got first in finals. He was at uh, MSI. I'm taking it. 
All right. You know what? Fair enough. He had more international appearances than anyone on DRX this year. Wow. Wow. You're right. Not wrong. That's all I'm saying. Damn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know what? Fair enough. Big Understandable. Dub. Thank big you. Dub. Have a nice day. Uh, speaking of big dubs, but maybe like reverse that somehow. No, this is a dub. A f- this is absolutely this is, a dub. It is a dub, but it's like the devil's dub. You know, <laughs> we have a single well, no, here. Zero people after the semifinals had a perfect pickums record, according to the riot official pickums. But after the finals, there still remains one perfectly imperfect pickums. So that's good. right. Someone got absolutely zero points from anything. How? The entirety of their pickums zero for a potential of 144 points don't forget that you still got points if you were close in the group stage you had to get not just you could get the first place team in second place you would get a point because you correctly selected the teams that would be moving on from group stage at the very least he somehow this user got all of these wrong Every single one, and then went on to pick T one in the finals, and got that wrong as well. The Mad Lad, absolutely. So this, this also includes play-ins knockouts as well. Yes. So it's absolutely insane. It doesn't. This also include um, crystal ball. It, not, it would no. be so easy to get the crystal ball wrong, though. Yeah. Like for mm. the champions, no, you some could of just them put, would be tough. You could just put Udir for all the champion ones, and Udir couldn't sure. be played at all. But what about the number of pentakills, the dragons or barons stolen, like all sorts of stuff can go so, I'm, so wrong. If you put zero to five for the number of barons stolen, you know you're getting that wrong. Or just Are put you? the max. I think the, the max, max, I think the max right. would have actually won. Yeah, yeah, really? That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It like, it's really hard max. to predict. No I, way that's that the only crystal ball I think I got right. Was that? Yeah, I, I put the, the max, max for everything except for that. Was I thought it was nine plus was the max. Yep, uh, it was. How many Baron steals were there be at Worlds nine plus? And I got that correct. That's insane. Nice. That they thought it would I be also that got little. the Pentacles of two correct. Yeah, <laughs> which before too. this there had been two ever at Worlds. <laughs> so, no, there've been more than two. Has there been more than two? I thought there were only two. Uh, there was Ball's Pentakill on Darius. There was Viper's Pentakill on Zaya. There was Bin's Pentakill in finals on yeah. Fiora. I, I think the two Fiora. was specific to finals. Oh, got it. I misheard it. Or I heard it incorrectly or it misunderstood. Um, perfect. So I would have been really, really good if I tried to do an imperfect score. That's what I'm hearing. You did a good job. Uh, proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, man. Um, you know what we're not proud of? Uh, maybe the representation of the city of San Francisco. It was very cool to be there. Um, I think some of us had a good time. I really enjoyed the hotel. Uh, I stayed in the same hotel as Golden Glue, so I got to chat with him very briefly. Um, I visited a bunch of museums. It was goddamn pouring and misty and off and on the pretty much the whole weekend, which is a little gross for me. Uh, but Jax, I know you had some thoughts about it. It was we just talked about all these great things. It was lightly damp. You're a wuss, you Southern Californian weirdo. Ooh. I was outside the whole time. Boom, <laughs> roasted. We literally ate brunch outside, and I didn't give a shit. Just sitting in the rain because I'm from Washington, where it actually rains, and that was not rain. That was a light misting. No, but like 
Okay, so listeners, for context, I've driven 1,700 miles in the past week. I drove down to San Francisco and then drove back. My first thought is, do not recommend in a Chevy Bolt. That was a lot of downtime charging. But it was cheap. I mean, I spent maybe 200 bucks on the whole drive, so that was cool. But no, my actual... San Francisco, please never host another event there, League of Legends, because holy fuck, I have never seen anywhere in the fucking world with such a pathological disregard for the safety of their own vehicles and themselves as the drivers of San Francisco. Holy fucking shit. Those drivers are psychotic. I now understand why Crazy Taxi is based on San Francisco. That game no longer seems like a cartoon. It is just reality. <laughs> what the actual fuck? You haven't even gotten to the good part yet. That was a good part? No. The, there was a great part. The yeah, actual, yeah, your, like, your trip ended on a high note, right? So yeah. the, the actual, like, Going to see it in a theater was fucking awesome. The crowd in the theater in San Francisco was great. The crowd on the broadcast seemed like they were great. I'm sure Kangas will talk more about that. I did, however, get smashed and grabbed and had to get a window replaced in my car for my drive back. Thankfully, they didn't steal anything of value. It just meant I had to go buy another Tillamook Creamery hat on the way back. Darn, you had to go back. I know, right? Tillamook Creamery. The worst. <laughs> Can confirm. Sean, when I told him about this plan, said the Tillamook Creamery fucking slaps. Can confirm. Uh -huh. It does. It is good. It is good. It's fantastic. It's my Disneyland. <laughs> but yeah, mostly I just, I cannot believe how unfathomably bad the drivers are in San Francisco. Like, I would rather drive around the city of Seattle for the rest of my life than drive around San Francisco for one more day. I will say the only piece of defense that I have for them is that the public transit seems good. I don't, I didn't actually try it. I went on one tram just cause I was like, ah, I mean, see, you know, San Fran, you gotta try it. Uh, but it seemed like Ubers and Lyfts were not that prevalent. It was actually hard to get them to come to you. Um, but there was, you know, the rail system, there were trams and, uh, people on bikes all over the place. So who knows? Maybe yeah. that's it. And I would have loved to try that, but I'm injured and can't walk any meaningful distance right now. So public transit ah. was not an option for me. Can't smash and grab a trolley. Wait, <laughs> hold on. Maybe you can. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Not, I'm, I'm sure the people of San Francisco can try. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. But we're not there anymore. Um, other than uh, than that, it was a pretty good weekend. Uh, Kangas, I want you to I'd love for you to kind of talk about your experience there. Maybe we do this as we talk about the games themselves, because I think there were probably highs and lows during the games that uh, were more exciting to revisit um, as we remember each game as they went by. Uh, it was a full what? God, five hour, six hour full event. Also, spoiler alert, I missed the entire opening ceremony and I didn't see it. You, so I don't you know didn't what miss Whoa. anything. Okay, I hear it I wasn't it great was from the from the stream perspective, but I will say, in the venue, it was actually sick. It was really really cool. Um, the lip syncing was completely off <laughs> for pretty much everybody, so that, that was, was kind of disappointing. Apparent. 
Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, they just didn't even make an effort on that uh, front. But the <laughs> the dances were sick and all like the uh, the lighting effects. I think that's what people didn't understand from the stream is like they had a, a light show going on uh, across the entire stadium pretty much. And that was really, really cool because it, it was like it felt like you were in a spotlight occasionally. Like there was kind of like a spotlight going around and it was like kind of bringing you in as like dancers would look one way, like spotlight went on us and it was really cool. It's like, Oh, like now we're like part of the show. Right. Uh, so it's one of those things where you had to be there. So sorry for rubbing it in everybody who uh, couldn't make it in, but <laughs> yeah, you had to be there. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's nice that they did that. Whereas uh, when it was held in China and they had the giant dragon, no one there could even see it, mm-hmm. right? They had to be staring at the screen in order to even know something was supposed to be happening because uh, the screen showed the dragon, the AR, quote-unquote, dragon flying around. But unless you were at home, you actually didn't experience it the same way. Uh, cool that they got so many big names. Um, it's nice that there's a bit of a mixed reaction here, I think, because that's a plus, in my opinion, uh, based upon the normal audience for a league event and the individual artists that Riot selected for Worlds 2022. Cool. All right. Uh, That's it for World stuff very briefly, because things are already heating up. Off-season began, like, Sunday, November 6th. The day after Worlds ended, off-season was already starting. People have been making plans, obviously, for several weeks, if not months, if not a whole year, about how the next several months before the start of the 2022, 2023 season, excuse me, uh, gets going in earnest. January, by the way, as far as we know, um, things are going to be starting up real quick. So you basically get a month and a half of the offseason. Things are accelerated. Uh, in fact, uh, things are well-seasoned with a brand new addition to the academy slash amateur scene. It's really going to be replacing what currently exists. And Kangas, you've got the deets. Yeah. So this was, I mean, honestly, credit to um, uh, Whoopley and uh, Matt Trinity for keeping this under wraps, even from me, as long as they had, because I, I had heard rumblings that there'd be crossover between academy and amateur more so than this last year. But they're revamping the whole system uh, again, which at this point, it kind of happens every year or two years. Uh, basically, Academy no longer exists. Um, they are now calling it, I believe, I forget the exact term. They had a specific term that they used for it. Um, North American Challengers League. Yeah, that's the league. But they, like, there, there are still 10 teams that are on the LCS side that will compete. They have a fixed spot. But then there are six other teams that they have to go through a relegation system. And that is now what the kind of amateur scene looks like. So there will still be amateur uh, qualifiers that are played throughout the year for relegations to get into this league. Uh, so if you were keeping up with last year, that's basically the big changes. It's no longer like overlap between the two in a big proving grounds tournament at the end. Now it's just a tournament that has overlapped throughout it. And then at the very end, there's relegation for the bottom four amateur teams that are in this system. Uh, yeah, so the way that the terms, by the way, are switching to, they're no longer referring to the status of the parent organization. So it's no longer an academy team mm-hmm. or an amateur team, aka you're not in the big boy group. It's now called fixed teams. There we go. So franchised, essentially, organizations that will remain within the circuit no matter what from year to year and really from split to split. And the other teams are going to be called provisional teams. So rather than amateur, it's provisional. Rather than academy, it's fixed. 
Thank you. Thank you. I, I just didn't remember the, the name of those two. Uh, but essentially, uh, other than that, things don't change too much. Uh, I believe one of the biggest changes, though, is that the provisional teams have to have five NA residents. They cannot have any imports on those teams. That was in the, the ruling. So uh, it said they can have 15 years and higher, but they have to be NA residents. So I think that's really cool because that means that it is forcing, you know, more talent development in North America, which, of course, for some reason, we need our hands to be kind of tied in that regard because <laughs> we're just not doing it ourselves. Um, but it is kind of a, an exciting step. Who knows if it's going to be better or not? The one big flaw I could see in this system is that because there is relegations for the bottom four amateur teams, if you're the third best amateur team and say you even get third in the league, you're still facing relegations <laughs> because you're still technically in the bottom four of the amateur teams, which is a little awkward. But other than that one thing, it seems like a, a really cool change. Um, we'll see what it means for, for production. Uh, it's obviously six more teams in the regular season than we had before. So we haven't had our conversation about that yet, but I'm going to assume that means, Hey, maybe more opportunities for broadcasters as well as uh, longer days or more days of broadcast. Mm -hmm. It. It's re I'm, I'm really interested in how they're going to do the single round robin best of twos, how it can translate to potential changes as well with the LCS schedule next year, which we've mm -hmm. heard hints and rumors and rumblings of. Um, I still mm -hmm. wish they had had. I know we're bringing back relegation for for the amateur teams. I really wish that they just committed to having the bottom two LCS teams go into the playoffs. That would have been so cool to see the top academy teams and the bottom LCS teams actually play against each other, but obviously... They Even if there was it. no relegation okay. involved for the oh, LCS man. teams. You really want Mr. Beast Dignitas yes. Gaming to be playing off against, like, TLA? Yes. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Beast Dignitas Quantum Pay. Gosh, uh, no, I think bad. they dropped the Quantum Pay, didn't they? No, only because of Mr. Beast coming in. I'm Mr. Assuming. Beast is the reason why. It was so weird <laughs> seeing Mr. Beast on the world's broadcast. <laughs> I like the tagline, Mr. Beast is the reason why. That should be the Dignitas tagline when he buys them. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Beast is the reason why we're still in the league. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, we've got some interesting things to look forward to, including roster news, rumors. Rumor mill is already going strong. It is Tuesday. I swear to God, if that Saturday one is World accurate, Finals. that I think everybody in this call knows that I'm talking about. If that one mm -hmm. in particular is accurate, mm -hmm. fuck mm -hmm. North America. Okay. I hope they go 0-18 and 18 across every single team next world and consecutively for the rest of their careers. Like, fuck North talking America. Talking about Sneaky coming back, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Sneaky is actually going to play Dota. I don't know if you've been watching his stream lately. He's going to try and play Dota 2 professionally. That's the reason why I'm having such a The entire old C9 right. roster is coming out of retirement to play together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're starting that rumor now, by the way. Team that's our, that's our rumor. Team Liquid, yeah. For Team Liquid, yeah. Uh, Golden Team Liquid decided to go small ball <laughs> and instead bought out all these players who didn't have contracts. Uh, and that was what they're, they're actually uh, reclaiming FlyQuest. They're going to change it back to the old logo, like the the gold one with the oh wings. Oh God, yeah. no! Yes, it started yes. with buying C9 Challenger, so <laughs> makes sense. Uh, just a heads up for everyone: as you listen to all these rumors, just remember most of them are rumors. There are some good individual reporters who do a great job of verifying their sources. Um, and those are the ones you should really be paying the most attention to. I think over in EU, LEC Wulu 
is pretty good because he's actually contracted to an individual publication um, and has been pretty well and highly regarded, been very, very accurate. Jacob Wolf is the typical one for North America specifically, but also does a decent job in EU. I do not know if he's still in, as involved or plugged in as he has been in years past. Uh, he has his own thing that he's doing with his group, I think, Overcome is what it's called. Uh, and I think he might be more focused on that and more long form content than dropping wolf bombs. Uh, there are a couple of others, uh, but then there are many, many others that are not anything more than rumor mill gatherers. They don't have sources, or if they do, it's not anything verified. They're statistically awful. They're consistently terrible. This is the problem with the rumor mill process is you will have people who maybe get it right once or twice, but say confidently enough that it gets repeated. And do not forget what has occurred with pro players in the past where rumor mills have actually stopped players from being signed mm -hmm. by organizations which is really, really dumb. We're already looking at a 2023 with some of the best talent in the West teamless. If the real, more verified rumors are to be believed, do not make it worse. So we're not going to talk about rumors unless it's verified or we feel really confident with the source. We're not going to mention it. Just throwing that out there. I and double you check the Twitter that, handle because so we were about to dive into rumors. Okay. We were about to dive into Damn, it. No, man. I really don't like to do that. Matt, I Matt really Light's don't coming like out to of retirement it. to come to play for Dignitas, and you didn't want to say that on the gosh shit. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what we should cut be. the tapes. Cut the tapes. We're not going to repeat rumor mill stuff. We're just going to make up our own rumors that we want to be true. Riot's actually going the inverse of Overwatch League and adding a sixth player to each team <gasps> that will be playing on the Rift. And they're removing roles. <clears throat> and the, somehow they're removing roles yep. as well. By you adding a sixth player, they're removing roles. You're in the jungle, so it's just going to be a 2 2 2. Mm -hmm. A miasma in the jungle. I like it. That's actually the newest dragon. Good call. There we Ooh. go. Ooh. I was going to say, uh, yeah, in terms of rumors, Jacob Wolf is a good guy to look out for, LEC Wulu, and then the other two big guys over in Europe are Eros and Alejandro Gomez, people that have worked with Esports Maniacos before. They are very reputable. They are contracted right now to investigative work for different websites. So they're relatively good to look at. So those are your big four guys to look at for. If it's a different name, don't trust it. And even this, be speculative until the official announcement comes out from the teams like we've seen from so far. My recommendation, Agreed. be like me. Don't pay attention to any of the rumors. Come on this show and go, wait, who's saying what? What the hell's happening? Because mm -hmm. I don't have to stress about Those any of this guys? shit. Yeah. Now we do know some interesting things like, uh, for example, 100 Thieves has officially released a whole bunch of their backroom staff, as EG did previously. Uh, Reaper, the head coach that brought them to finals, what, three splits in a got row? Got their first title. Is now no longer, and they got their first title, is no longer with the organization. Papa Smithy left a few days before him uh, from his role as the general manager. Uh, Papa Smithy has confirmed he's been signed by another org uh, as of today. Yeah, he uh, did the uh, contract gif sign. Uh, it's official. Contract right. sign gif on Twitter, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are things happening. We just don't have any uh, verified sources for most of it. And if you want to get cut up on everything, uh, check out those previously mentioned handles. Make sure you're uh, looking through the Twitter handle itself, because this is all basically on Twitter, to confirm it's the real deal and not the other one. 
Uh, as soon as LEC Wulu decides to pay $8, we might be able to confirm it, but then the other guy can just do it this, as well, and we're all just back to square one. God, Twitter so, is such a dumpster fire. It's such a nightmare. We're moving this on before fine. we get any further than that. Um, IMT also, by the way, has parted officially with their head coach, Nightshare. Um, I don't know who that is. So. Uh, Nightshare is Freeze uh, from... Mm, uh, okay. ULCS fame. Uh, his the, twin brother, the famous Draven, his twin brother. His brother. Yep. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought yeah. you were saying he name changed from Freeze to Nightshare. No. Like, Holy no, 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 shit! No. He, what a downgrade. That is the twin brother who uh, was head coach for Immortals Academy, and they got bumped up um, towards the end. Got it. When Gilhoto left, essentially. Yep. Okay. Cool. Well, there you go. There's some official news. Uh, there's probably some others that we've missed or came out uh, between recording and when you are hearing this uh, later this week. Uh, we got some other stuff. Mongoose. If people want to talk about the rise of DRX, how much they love specifically the alpaca, uh, and discuss potentially off-season rumors, who their favorite organization is, uh, and what the most handsome suit was on the broadcast on Saturday. Where can they do so? You should go to Reddit. Um, it all belongs on there. Uh, but <laughs> if you hate Reddit, you should come join the community Discord. Uh, it is uh, a lot of fun. I know uh, we have people posting all kinds of things, life things, world's things, rumor things, uh, and even other game things. So come join in. The water is great. Uh, even if you just want to put a little toe in there. Um, and you are more than welcome to come and go as you please. I know uh, we've had some people uh, leave and come back just because they were kind of stepping away for whatever reason. Um, so please just come on whenever you want to. Uh, you are more than welcome to come and go as you please. Uh, but we would love to have you uh, stay for a bit. Uh, he is lying. You cannot leave once you come into the server. We uh, uh, so we're Hotel California. To, yes, keep keep is. your computer yep. on at all times, and you will always be in the voice channel. I was I was thinking we, you were we gonna. Were I think you was thinking it was come as you are, but as um, you something worth? as you want as to be. I don't I don't know. Yeah, be? I don't know the the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Badger. It was it was a uh, it was a nice try. Nah, it's it's, uh, cool. it's all right. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go uh, uh, cry now. I mean, go he back into the box. Ashamed. I go back we the should box. be. I should be ashamed. The, the heart shaped box <laughs> lyrics. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there, there you it go. Is. No, it's in the ice box where my heart used to. The be. sad thing is, I lived near Kurt Cobain's hometown. <laughs> nice. Uh, I have nothing more to add to that, so I'm moving on. Uh, Mongoose, did you mention the Pickums winners? Uh, the Pickums winners, uh, put together by Miniquant, won by Miniquant, 63 points. Mm, interesting. Uh, Tell yeah, me. maybe a little bit of home brewing going on there. <laughs> might have to, <laughs> might have to check it every now and again. Uh, but thanks to, thanks to Miniquant for putting that together. Um, if you want to, you know, make yourself the winner every time, it's fine. Uh, real winner, second place, <laughs> raindrop, uh, 62 points, so one below mini quant, a little suspicious as well. Uh, and then third, uh, coming in at 61 points, is Muddy in. Literally 63, 62, 61. It was that close in terms of the pickums. For the record, we are not actually accusing mini quant of doing anything, or there is nothing at stake. 
There are no awards. There's nothing. Sometimes I'll give Minnie his own little special role for a while, but that's it. That's all you get from this. Um, so thank you, Minnie, for putting that together. Uh, thank you to everyone who participated. Uh, but Bickle, the actual LOL Esports Pick'em's leaderboard leaders who were our top three. Yeah, Riot did us a favor like they do every time with Worlds and threw together their Pick'em's. This is not inclusive of crystal ball picks because there's no way to really see who picked what for the crystal ball, except for doing it manually. And I have a lot of time, but I don't have that much time. Mm -hmm. uh, but in third place with 94 out of 110, we have a tie between Agrilord and Purple Panda 13. Second Wait, place. You need, start, you need to start at fifth because it gets interesting. Well, actually, I'll tell <laughs> I'll tell you fifth after you finish. Sorry, apologies. Yeah, I, I think I know who's fifth, but uh. Second place, we have Metric Rumble with 98 out of 144 points. And first place with 110 out of 144, unseating our back-to-back -back official Pick'em's champion, funny enough, Miniquant, it is Blade Tempest. Love it. New blood, let's go. Congrats, so in blood. fifth place, in a tie, it's me and Jax's wife. Yep, she Ooh. picked my ass in pickums, which is hilarious because she literally was asking me in the theater in finals. Okay, so who are these teams? <laughs> I saw that. I went. I went to. DRX? I went to the leaderboard know? afterwards because I'm like, oh, I think my DRX pick got me up a little bit higher. And then I saw it was me and Jax's wife in a tie, and I'm just like, oh, this is great. That's this incredible. is kind of sad. But I'll have to double check. I think my coin account did better than my actual account. Oh, incredible. Ooh, Ooh that's a tough yeah. one. Also totally believable. Yeah, the coin kind of I uh, definitely to forgot to continue doing the coin on my alt account. It just uh, automatically does it. It does it for yeah, you. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't have to do your coin on the alt account. Now I'm curious. <laughs> You look into it uh while you're doing so uh, i think that's it though that, that's all our news that's everything we've ever done and okay, we're about to look forward to an off season no it did terribly for time okay there it is it did Even awful worse. i barely qualified Love for it. the top 70 percent. i only got 59 points Hey, you did awful. I got 57 points. <laughs> <laughs> I inted all of the playoffs. It was so, so bad. All right. Speaking of inting or not inting, we got to talk about what may be one of the greatest best of fives ever in League of Legends history. Certainly top two in terms of Worlds finals itself. Years and years of pretty bad finals, guys. Uh, for those of you who've been around for a while, you remember a lot of just bad boring as hell three zeros the rare three one very very uncommon to see a best of five go the full distance in the finals itself i was kind of banking on it i was sitting there in a theater with everyone like oh man i'm getting hungry really hope this is a quick three zero so i can go eat that'd be great for me personally right now mm. uh but fortunately for everyone else who was witnessing this occasion it was in fact a five game banger uh as the kids say uh, and a wonderful demonstration of all the different things that make up a League of Legends series. We had 
excellent play. We had terrible play. We had Baron steals with basic abilities. We had Baron steals with smites. We had Baron just go exactly where it was supposed to go correctly. We had (laughs) 1v1 solo kills. We had 2v2 kills. We had crazy jungle invades, weird-ass meta that developed for an individual series. Whatever you want, we got it. And what is the one thing we did not get? A swing. Broadcast delays. Specifically on the finals itself, which I was so goddamn worried about. Opening ceremony getting delayed? Yeah. Nope, doesn't count. Doesn't, doesn't count. count. Doesn't count. It, 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 count. I'm tying the series. Cut it. Nope, doesn't count. I, I, doesn't I, count. I, I, game one started 45 minutes late. Yeah. Was it you that? Know, yeah. it, was really late. it was almost an hour late. No idea. It'd also, be fine if the opening ceremony got delayed and it actually like was good. Uh, but mm. with all the mic issues that they had, it was just like, all right, what the fuck? What is going on? Jackson Wang song <laughs> is an absolute banger. It felt like, you know what? We can't fix this. Just do it anyway, is what it felt like. Very. Eh. Mm-hmm. But I did look because you mentioned that it going all the way was so rare. Obviously, last year was a five game series. 2016 was a five game series. That's Almost it. a Samsung reverse sweep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think last That's year. the entirety of finals that have gone to five games. Yeah, but 2016, yep. when you think of 2016, you don't think of the finals. You think of semifinals. You think of Rocks versus SKT. You think I know, which so is many... sad because it was actually a pretty good finals. Yeah, there's so many there's so many seasons where you think, okay, the best series that we saw wasn't the finals. So it's refreshing to have great series all the way through the entire tournament for this once. Was such a good yes. world. Yeah, this was... I, I, I think that's the reason why it's the best worlds for me. Because it isn't just like the coolest storyline one, which did, but it's the fact that you go back to really any of the quarterfinals, even the sweeps back in quarterfinals, like the rogue JDG was the worst match of the entire tournament, right? We can all just agree on that. Yeah. Every other Mm -hmm. one, even T1 sweep, kind of bangers. Like (laughs) they were all pretty fun, very entertaining matches. And that just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's relatively inconsistent. And we all thought, I, I think this was mentioned maybe even on uh, the cast here that going into finals, we're like, oh man, the semifinals, that was the actual finals, right? Just like we've talked about right, just now, like we've talked about previously. Oh, you know, JDG versus T1 must have been the actual finals because Gen G not making it. Ugh. Like, DRX is just going to get slapped. Most of us put that. Most people predicted a T1 3 0, and we ended up getting a really, really even and extremely back and forth full five games. Uh, let's dive in. Guys, we got to talk about it. We're going to go game by game. We actually have the time to just investigate how each of these games occurred, what led to the results, etc. And it's, I think, oh, fascinating. Oh, before we do that, meta- how was your guys' theater experience? Was it, was it good, at least? Oh, yeah. Would you say? Okay. I liked it. I wasn't sure. It was fun. I would have preferred if they had contracted with a series of um, or a uh, bunch of theaters that were like better. And I'm saying this as a very bougie uh, white boy from Southern 
California, and I understand that, uh, of going to the theater and being like, ah, oh, here's the button on my chair that, from which I can order whatever I want, and someone will bring it oh, to my yeah, chair. yeah, no, we didn't have one that to was me, as, that fancy. So. Neither do we. Neither did yeah. we. But that's what I would have liked for something that had the potential to go five, six hours long. Yeah. With uh, only a 15-minute break in between. I was so hungry between games, and all that was available was theater food. Yeah, it, to be fair... Yeah. It was more than just like popcorn and candy. There was like mozzarella sticks and shit. So it wasn't the worst, but Yay. it wasn't yeah, but you're guys food, food. So, so mm-hmm. our lobby closed at 1030. Since we're nice. So mm-hmm. between game two and game three, that was like last call for anything. So wow. and it went to one forty five like. I stopped and got Taco Bell on the way home. Like I had mm-hmm. to, but like the stream was choppy. The audio was off the entire time. What? Yeah, it was kind of rough watching at times. There was like mm. from oh. like from like middle of game three to game five, which the stream actually cut out in game five for like five seconds. And I oh, thought I was going to have like, I'm like, so we had that too. We had, everything was great about it, except for maybe the opening ceremony. I missed that part. But when games started until the end of worlds itself, the only issue we had was twice during game five within like a five minute gap. There was some delay stream lag, etc. That was yeah, it. the, which really unfortunate timing, Which, but that was it. Also, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but the, the reason for the delay, does anybody know that? Uh, on opening ooh, ceremony? Um, on opening ceremony. Mm, uh, ooh, ooh, let me, no, I got nothing funny I can say. Go for the, it. The venue took too long getting people in because there was such a big bottleneck, mm. uh, and they didn't want to start this opening ceremonies with like half of the people live at the venue still coming in. Cause a big part of it was everybody with their like light up bracelets being seen on the cameras and everything to like mm-hmm. go along with the show. Oh. And they didn't have enough people in the venue to start. <laughs> oh, my that makes of course, perfect so sense. Funny. Of course. So it was, it was a venue issue. It was but, like, okay, we so. told, we set the start time and we just couldn't get the, the doors quick enough. So, that's the so the uh, other technical complaint I had was that the stream was clearly only in 720p. Like, it was mm. visibly kind of blurry with a lot of, like, mm-hmm. artifacting around, like, motion and textures that you don't get when you're at 1080p. So, like, theaters, come on, step it up. 1080p streams are not yeah, well, yeah, a, a demanding Anytime thing. they showed the health bar of a turret, it, like, bugged in and was out. It, it was flickering yeah. the entire time, that, and it was driving me crazy. That's what I'm talking about. That's the 720p yeah. artifacting. Yeah. So, also, the T1 fans, I guess I can do this little tangent at this point. So, there were, like, hardcore T1 fans, and those were, like, the f- most fucking obnoxious people the entire time. Like it was actually insane. Um, game five. I mean, we're going to get to it eventually. So, and if you haven't watched it at this point, you're getting this spoiled at your own discretion. I mean, yeah, we're I was going to say you're listening point. to the podcast. Like, you're already talking. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about it enough at this point. We spoiled after it in the title after <laughs> elder dropped and King and TP back and he picked up the first kill on Faker. And then it was just apparent that like Zeka was going to get the sweep onto Zeus and they were going to, walk down mid and end the series the 20 people that were the loud 
loud, obnoxious T1 fans in the last row uh, got up and walked out before the Nexus even exploded. And I wanted to be like, where are you going? Where are you boys going? I actually waved waved goodbye to them as they were walking out. But because uh, like, as soon as like the inhib gets, gets dropped down, I all. jump up on my feet and I kind of get excited. And then I turn around and high five everybody in my row because they were all DRX fans. I feel so bad. I should have given them the discord link. They were really cool people. And if they if they hear this eventually, you guys are awesome. You guys were very cool people to be with. So because it was like my two friends that I went with. And then there was like two people on the other side of us. And then there was a couple on one side of us. And then there was a couple in C9 jerseys on the other side. And the, unfortunately, this is like right as like the core JJ stuff was coming out. And so I was like talking to them about it. And we kind of like were talking about things and they were really cool. And everyone was super chill. And it was a really good environment to be in, except those fucking obnoxious t1 fans that were shit talking so much and i'm just like just watch the games brothers like <laughs> just chill dude like zeka was just gapping faker the entire time and i'm just like yeah zeka's still bad right am i right because like when they were doing the lane breakdown between zeka and chovy there was just, the one guy was just screaming why are they showing this zeka's bad and it's like <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like just fucking watch the games boys and then like then the like oh four oh faker akali game happened and i'm just like yeah it's like it's still bad am i right to the guy and wearing the actual faker jersey in like the lobby like yeah faker's still bad or zuck is still bad am i right am i right Dude, so it was pretty cool. I'm glad. And then he pulled a gun. You don't even need. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. he would not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I is, wouldn't put it past people in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Uh, that's fair. No, so, our, our yeah, other than that, really, it was a really good experience. Our crowd was great in that regard. Like something good happened for T1. Cheers mm -hmm. everywhere. Something good happened for DRX. Cheers everywhere. No one seems That's to good. truly be so invested in one team that they couldn't just enjoy the event regardless of the outcome. I mm. like that. It, it was great. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was good. I, what I really like seeing, uh, not only there, but also at FanFest, so many just different LCS jerseys. Everyone was aware. It felt like, what, one in three people were wearing like a C9 or Team Liquid, the occasional TSM, the even more rare CLG jersey. Hey, I wore one. Um, I saw two other CLG jerseys at the live venue. That was awesome. I saw two as well, <laughs> so maybe those are the only two there. Was it the C the Knicks colored one? Uh, yep, there was one Knicks colored one, and there was one old Aphromoo one. Ooh, nice. I like that. Um, also saw a lot of people in cosplay, uh, that honestly gave me a little hope. It was like, oh, we keep hearing, you know, league dying, league dying, etc. And then damn, I show up to fan fest, fan fest hours before the games even start. And it was packed. You could not move in the concourse. Sometimes it was wild. So anyway, our fan experience was much nicer, much different than yours badger, but we got to talk about what's actually happening. Let's start with game one. Aatrox, we already talked briefly about it, I think before the cast, was the prime pick in the top lane. Something like 98, 99% appearance rate in the pick and ban phase. Uh, it is given up by T1. DRX is able to take it. And Zeus shows exactly why they're okay with giving up the Aatrox win. Yone is up. 
Uh, and he puts on a bit of a clinic despite a very short, small hiccup in the laning phase. Zeus does a phenomenal job uh, keeping that Aatrox down, uh, doing well just individually on the laning phase itself. Uh, there's an incredible fight at Harold. Uh, that's a beautiful setup between Fakers, Azir, just scooping in a whole bunch of folks directly into a Yone ult. That kind of felt like the game winner there right a, there on top of the two drakes knocking up four people like four people into shuffle mm -hmm. into fate unsealed and i'm just like well that's game one so good yep. it, was it was such so a clean good play. deft also kind of into the 2v2 getting caught very very early by korea uh Kerry, excuse me with the uh handshake kind of hiding the handshake behind an auto attack and deft did not get a silver spell shield up quickly enough uh, and he just gets run down. That was the by that Carrier. was the the cue from Renata, the like AOE explosion thing, yeah. and the spell shield yes. was yeah, he specialed the wrong thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, and when Deft got yanked in, his auto attack was still in motion, and so when he landed underneath turret and was instantly ignited, then his auto attack procked on Renata, caught aggro, took a shot. Really well played. That's over. Yeah, crazily well done by Carrier. Um, yeah, and it just felt like an inevitable stomp down the rest of the game by T1. There were some small hiccups, but the draft itself seemed like the winning draft. Renata Varys, uh, remember those names. We're going to be saying both of them quite a lot through the rest of the series, particularly Varys, which became the prime 80 carry pick um, every single game. That was it. Varys was at B1 in four of the five games he just became that high prio which is crazy because you look back at semis quarters and like i don't see any varus and all of a sudden and they were looking at uh evil geniuses vods actually that that's why mm -hmm. they, they realized you know mm -hmm. well who did they scrim who did both teams scrim a lot of NA North NA players yeah, yeah they weren't like actual teams that they were scrimming it was literally just like whatever best five players they could get <laughs> at a time to play against. Mm -hmm. That's, that's always mm -hmm. the arrow set up. A lot that's of always the like curse of the finals being a week after semis is there's no one left to scrim. Yeah. If you're not in China or Korea, that's the key yeah. kicker, right? Like all they would be able to scrim are North American teams if they stuck together, but that's pretty rare in the off season. Um, I don't know how common that is for LEC teams, but I expect it's similar. Whereas my understanding is in both LPL and LCK, off-season does not mean off-season. It means maybe there's no games to play, but you're probably still playing, probably still uh, rushing solo queue, etc. with some of your teammates. Yeah. DRX's scrim partner for the week prepping for finals consisted of Dokla, Tomio, Pobelter, Arrow, and Diamond. <laughs> The McDonald's squad themselves. Love to see it. So good. All right, game one. Anyone else want to offer anything? I think what, what also was interesting was T1 basically said, fuck you, pick what you want to play. We're going to kick your ass at it. Faker picked the Azir, leaving up uh, Zekka's uh, Silas. Didn't care. Beat him in it. Um, same thing, similar thing in the top lane, picking the Yone into the Aatrox, beating Kingen on it. Uh, bot lane, they left up Barrel's Heimerdinger and beat them on it. Game one made me think, oh god, this is a 3-0. Yeah. T1 can just give up everything that uh, DRX prios and it doesn't matter. 
shoot. Made my, my tummy a little happy, but made the rest of me not so happy. Uh, anything else to add before we move on to game two, which immediately <laughs> changes things? Um, Damn, I covered it that well. Fuck yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh-huh. Uh, so we saw, you know, Varys became like a prevalent pick, but I think Azir was like a huge Up there as well. thing too, because mm-hmm. Faker on Azir, good. Except game three, or game one, he was good. Game three, it was all right. Faker on not Azir this series, oh, buddy, it was pretty fucking rough. Mm-hmm. And was this the All first right, so deal of the series? I, I feel like this was where we yes. saw yes. the first dragon. Yeah, the first first, first dragon steal, right? owner's lease in. First, yes. The first two dragons are first stolen. Oh. The first one by Varys uh, Arrow. Not it, it was Empowered Arrow, right? Yes. The W Empowered. But this is one where Pioshik didn't even smite. So it wasn't like he got outsmited. He just didn't yeah. smite. And, but to be fair, Gumayushi did have to flash Arrow. So it was just like, okay, you just kind of lost that one. It was a bit unlucky. Actually, I don't think it is fair. I think Varus Q should be uh, nerfed. (laughs) (laughs) If only it did less damage when it went through multiple people, then you could block it with your bodies. The the only complaint I have about Varus Q is that at like level five, the empowered version does actually out damage a smite that hasn't been upgraded yet. And that's fucking stupid for a basic ability to be capable of doing more than 450 damage to a target at level 5 with no items yet. Hmm. Okay. Fair. I can see that. And this uh, wasn't poke think... Varus either. This was attack speed yes. on hit Varus. We see both variations the series. Yep. Yeah. Interestingly enough, and I think we all got really mad when we saw the poke Varus and yes. we were not correct every time. Uh, which was very frustrating. Mm. But let's talk about game two, guys. Game two, game two, game two. There's really not much else to say. T1 just kind of rolls down, ends up winning that game. Game two, we see a very different look from both teams. Uh, Zeus now piloting the Aatrox into Kingan's Camille, looking like a bit of a skill matchup in the top lane, one that Aatrox just seems to inevitably win uh, based upon uh, previous results. Pioshik going to the Viego, owner on Graves, a pick every other team has desperately tried to keep him off of. Zeka, hey, guess what? He was back on, baby. It's Silas. Into Faker's Victor, which we'll have much conversation about. <laughs> Deft is now the one with the Varus, and Barrel sticks on the Heimerdinger. Uh, but what does T1's bot lane do? Ash Lux. Uh, Caitlin was pretty much permabanned. I say pretty much because we're going to get to game five eventually. Um, yep. and so you ended up with some very odd choices here. And Caitlin, Yumi were hmm. a combined four bands on red side, regardless of which team was playing which side. Game five mm-hmm. was the only time Caitlin was let out of band prison this series. Thankfully, Yumi Carrie, stayed uh, in it. Carrie also goes to the Lux later in the series as well. And, uh, it just does not. Or sorry, no. He that this was the only last. Sorry, it was the Carmen yeah, last, the last game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. still, it just it it doesn't get enough done in the laning phase as you'd expect. Well, actually, and now that I think about it, Barrel was kind of shut down heavily early on. Like the Heimerdinger was not doing much. He was getting picked right and left. 
but Barrel showed that all you got to do is land that one big stun <laughs> and have the team follow up, and then you can just snowball that game wide open because this was a pretty close game. Like, it was back and forth. Faker had one really rough TP into the bot lane and then just gets completely dove on, like, 3v1 under turret. That was pretty rough. Oh but outside God, of that, they were playing pretty clear. Yeah, that that TP was really bad. But I mean, at the same time, I just I I assumed that they were calling Pioshek was topside. Like there were some pings up there. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, they think that the Viego's on the other side of the map. Um, so he went to save the wave. But then again, Barrel. I think it was on owner. He just snipes this like max range Heimerdinger bouncing grenade right onto owner under the outer tier mid turret, and uh, that's when they really cracked the game open. So you can die as many times as you want in lane as long as you make the big play. <laughs> hey, everyone loves you. You win a Worlds. And that was when they were Spe going for their Herald push mid. So yeah. it was like they got so much off of just the single pick because mm -hmm. they had uh, the wave getting pushed in with the Rift Herald. So it was just like, all right, owner kind of got caught because he didn't want to get hit back by the Herald. So he had to step forward a little bit and Barrel was just right on it. Mm hmm. This game looked like it was going to go the same way as game one, by the way. First 12 minutes, SKT or T1 goes up 4-0. Owner is 2-0-2. They are running the map. That bot lane of Deft and Barrel has nowhere to hide. Owner literally runs them down under second turret. Uh, it's looking pretty dire. And then the next four kills, uh, all but one of them, actually the next five kills, all but one of them go to DRX. They just start racking it up. They keep coming back, and it felt so momentum-based. As soon as DRX got that first kill in, which was on Faker, then the next kill felt inevitable, and it was. Then the next kill felt inevitable, and it was. Um, they actually give up one uh, trade, and it gets to two and six between uh, SKT and DRX, and then the rest of the game's DRX. It was actually insane how much they were able to just wait out what T1 was doing, catch them at one or two bad mistakes, then catch them at another mistake, and then snowball the rest of the game. We talked about this before the series. One of the things we got right, the mentality of DRX is nutty. They were nuts mentally. And what's crazy about this is, like you said, it was back and forth to start. T1 took the lead, then it swung back to DRX. But then T1 regained it, even picked up Ocean Soul. But then in an instant, DRX just wiped them and end the game. It just doesn't yep. matter. Mm -hmm. This was the most LCK of the games in the series, from my opinion. It was a little slower. There was much more macro-oriented play, not willing to take specific fights, especially after the first 15, 20 minutes. I believe this ended up... Be, was this the one that ended up being the longest game all of yep. Worlds? Yeah, 46 game minutes. Two? I think so. It was. Yeah. Yeah, super long. That's right, because DRX got to three dragons, and then T1 actually ended up getting the soul. So, whoo, this was one where I felt like I wanted to take a nap, but then I suddenly couldn't because the fights towards the end of the game just accelerated like absolute crazy picking ash for gumi yushi was one of the biggest like question marks in draft the entire series like we saw gumi yushi try to play this style in summer and everyone was down on gumi yushi he just didn't mm -hmm. look like the same player he was not good at playing these types of champions he needs to be on uh even davaris was fine but more things like the felios or 
um even the sivir i think he looks better on but the ash the way the ash play style works isn't the way t1 wants to play as as a team and it's not the way gumiyushi wants to play either so it was just like really confusing for draft to go this way um when it was like all right you're giving up the varus and this is your answer into it it seemed really confusing Mm -hmm. agreed didn't seem like anyone had an actual uh reaction to varus though and that was a problem they both both teams were willing to give it up and had bad reads on how to combat it every time i think i think one of the big things too was there was an early game skirmish topside 3v3 that carrier was able to respond to barrel was already up there carrier was there and i remember distinctly watching it in the theater being like okay they're diving in barrel throws a grenade over the wall Kingen and Piosik are doing trying to blow either Zeusu or, or owner up as Camille Viego. Camille hits this the fucking Chogath ulti onto owner's graves, but they decide to turn on to Zeus instead. Like Graves is half health at this point. You kill the Graves, you just turn it into a three v two with resets, and you win the fight. For some reason, they started dam- they started damage on owner, but then they swapped to Zeus, and they gave Caria enough time to come in and get the shield over the wall and save the two of them. And I think that was if that play would have been cleaner, and that would have been three three for O for DRX instead of three for O for T one. This would be a different story, but Game of Inches and and I'm going to say Guma picking Ash isn't the worst draft decision. We'll get to it in game five because holy shit, I knew that game was over when the B2 pick came out from T1 in that game. Fair. Gumi Yushi did have a cross map ult uh, for that exact play that Badger was talking about. It like came up and just smacked the shit out of, uh, I think it was Piosik. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, it was one. pretty sick, but then Zeka also kind of had a cross map ult that worked out for DRX. So it was, um, I mean, it happened for both teams and I think Ash ults are pretty hype. No matter, no matter what, if it's across the entire map, it's pretty fucking cool. He just didn't hit enough of those. He yeah, missed so see. many. He missed tons. And he went I after the Camille every time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Camille, Kingan... This game was the first inkling I had that, holy shit, maybe Kingen's actually way better than I thought. He was buffering the Camille E every time Guma shot an arrow at him. It felt like three arrows in a row were all aimed at Kingen, and all three of them he was able to just escape by buffering his hook shot. And by the time the um, actual result, the actual um, stun of the arrow had worn off, he was completing his escape. So he basically just negated the entirety of the Ash ult stun. Now, he didn't have his jump in anymore, but at at least one of them, it also felt like he body blocks the arrow for one of his teammates. The other ones were just kind of him just avoiding being under threat. But one of them was straight up. He'd saved. I forget who. Um, by using this buffering. It was kind of mental uh, how differently both he and Zeus were playing. King had felt like, wow, like his micro's actually coming together. He's doing way better individually. But to that exact point, King had felt like he was playing for the team throughout the entire series. And Zeus felt very much like he was playing 
to beat his opponent to to win it uh and i i think that's really maybe the difference maker in this series is the fact that Kingan was willing to sacrifice certain things and play around others in order for the team to win. Uh, and Zeus kept smacking his head against a wall. And when that stopped working as well as it had every other matchup he's ever had the entirety of 2022, things fell apart in the top lane and game five is a good example of that. All right. Anything else about game two? Faker in this game still yes. did the yes, most damage is. in the game. He did the That's most damage nuts. in game one and in game two, despite like what people might say about his victor game. He was still putting out so much damage. Um, so even though he didn't like do anything super flashy, he was still doing like a ton of damage, which super impressive with how uh, DRX seemed to focus him in the first like two or three games. Mm hmm. Just didn't quite work out for SKT or T1. Game three, baby. Uh, draft looking starting to look a little familiar. T1 took Gragas for Zeus in the top lane, no longer going on the carry versus carry matchup, uh, instead choosing the fat carry. Uh, instead, owner sticking back on the Graves. Uh, so doing a little bit of a run back there. Faker back on the Azir. We talked about that. Guma, what did he get this time? Well, he got the Varus. First pick gets Varus, baby, B1. Uh, and Karia, this is the first game he goes to um, Karma. Karma is a fantastic 2v2 champion, especially because it will allow you to get the push over basically any other support uh, for minimal cost. Up against DRX, chose Orn in the top lane. So we actually got a top... Um, Tank versus tank matchup. Piosic back on the Viego. Zeka, wow, shocker. Yet again, another Silas game. And Deft pulling out the Callista with Renata combo with Barrel. Uh, Bickle, you want to talk about this game at all? Game three, baby? Yeah, sure. So uh, Deft does not have a good time in lane with Callista at all. Not yeah, things remotely. Just... Hey, he gets a kill. He gets a kill early. He does, mm -hmm. but. Uh... When, when you're down that much CS, how much CS is, Callista, is he down? You're not gonna have <laughs> yeah. a good time. He was down twenty CS at yeah. five minutes, and then it went to like fifty CS at like ten or mm -hmm. something like that. It was it, nuts. Mm -hmm. This wasn't Despite, even the worst CS deficit of the series that he put himself in. No, that's insane. Like, in all honesty, though, despite that, the game was kind of close for a while. But you're obviously going to be concerned when the Callista team loses three of the first four dragons. And uh, mm -hmm. then there just hits a point around 24 minutes where there's a fight around Baron and T1 take Baron and the game is basically over. I think this is the game T1 stole from DRX. I think this mm -hmm. series actually was a 4-1 and T1 just steals this game away. Um, DRX seemed to be the better team in this game. Um, Pioshik looked fantastic in this early like to right. mid game. Um, but it was just that bot lane kept losing over and over. And Gumiyushi, Kiria with the poke looked really good. Zeus on the Gragas was unfrickin' stoppable. He was so strong. He was just standing in front of this Callista Silas that did zero damage to him um, and was just, just kind of there, and there was nothing that they could do about it. This is also the beginning of our uh, Pyoshik can't hit a smite narrative. As a uh, yeah, 
Apparently, I think that started game yeah, one of the very a, first well, game when he didn't. But I, in his defense, like uh, the some of the steals in the first game didn't feel as egregious <laughs> as this one. That is fair, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, Ren Smite is a really good combination. Usually, fantastic at securing objectives. Usually, doesn't lead to a Baron getting stolen twice. Yeah, you know the amount of times that Zeka Zeka had the opportunity to stop owner from getting into the pit on Silas instead of turning and dueling DPS to like dragons or barons or anything like that. The amount of times that I I swear to God it was so tilting watching him like he shovels him away and all he needs to do is just throw Everfrost at him and then just like just commit like if you die for it and you trade it keep him there lock him down you just gotta keep him in that spot you can't let him get close like that owner gets like times that i watch zeka fuck up like that owner gets like an e quick draw dashing into a flash into a collateral damage backwards to just get in range of a smite steal the first baron and then the second baron is gumiyushi stealing it with an arrow again on varus And the, again, this was is, the uh, second Cajual F bomb of Worlds, by the way. A lot of people were like, "Oh, that was his one." And I was like, "No, that was his second. Uh, no, I thought but I, I thought his other fair. one came in Game Five. I thought it was this one. I thought it was no, this. No, it was Game Five. Uh, it was Game Five. Oh, it was okay. It was the spoiler alert. Uh, I was thinking I missed the exact same scenario of another Varus. Oh well, well, there we go. That's why I was confused. It's. There were a lot of things that happened multiple times this year. The most egregious thing to me of all of the various barons and dragons that got stolen is how little effort DRX put into keeping Gumayushi away from the objective when Gumayushi did not have a team to back him up. Like, so many of these are Gumayushi on a solo mission and stealing it to the point where I believe one of the steals, I don't remember which game, Literally was Gumayushi teleports to mid lane as Varus, walks to Baron, snipes Baron, and leaves. Yeah, like twice it's Guma's like, okay, my team's dead. Can I do anything? Walks up near Dragon, empowered W onto his piercing arrow. Oh, I stole it. Yay. Yeah. And just walks and away because no one on DRX was even trying to keep him away in any of these steals. Yeah. Yep. It's it's crazy uh, to think about mm-hmm. how much it happened at a world's finals and the team that kept letting it happen won, still won the world's finals. Mm-hmm. The smite if, was that, if this was an NA, people would be memeing it, right? It's like, oh my god, so trash. But because it was world's it. finals, no, no, you can't you can't meme it. <laughs> That's a world champion. You can't yeah. meme him. Eat it, eat it. Um but this was and a good example, though, of the this not being top, 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 top level play. This was not neither team was playing perfectly. Both teams had major, major weaknesses, major um, mistakes, all sorts of problems. Faker TPing in alone to just die. Piosik forgetting to hit D or F. I don't know. I hope he's an F for Flash Believer. Um, I'm still upset at Deft over being a Dlash guy. So just throwing that out there for everyone. Mm. Um, yeah, it, there was a lot of sloppiness, yeah. but it made for something that was so exciting the entire time. And it felt worthy of a team of the youngest team at Worlds in T1 facing against the fourth seed 
from LCK that barely made it here and no one expected to get out of um, quarterfinals. On, so. on that note, I do want to ask. Well, I, you know what? I'll pose the question at the end. Let's get through the rest of the series, and then I want to bring up a point that I'm curious uh, everyone's thoughts on. There's I think with, I think with all the smite seals, though, if none of the barons get stolen, this is a really boring finals, and it's a three-one with T1 only taking the first game. Yeah. Yeah, and even oh, if they don't, and even then, the first game winds up being the only banger game because I think if those steals don't happen, DRX is in a much better position and is able to stall the game Mm -hmm. longer, and we get a back and forth instead of the stomp that game one actually was. Yeah, yeah, fair. But each game beyond that was damn close to get to game five. Uh, Game three, we've kind of already covered this. I don't know if there's much more to say here. T one starts getting after the steals a much larger lead. Um, the, the narrative for game three to me is just king and steamrolling Zeus, despite Zeus getting the counter matchup. Like that, more yeah. than anything else that happened in game three, that was the like through line of game three. Wait, game three? I did three? the Gragas or no? Matchup? I've got it mixed. I don't up. think he's. Yeah, no, 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 thinking of game four. That one. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah. of game uh, four. You're right. You're thinking game four with Which the we'll get to Atrox Fiora. Yeah. He steamrolled pretty hard in the Gragas matchup in the lane, but then just could not match the impact out of the Dude, lane. Dude, they had that crazy like 1v1 where they I almost know. killed each other. Yes, yes. <laughs> or just fucking That's beat the funny. shit out of Gra- Gragas in lane, and then Gragas is like, hi, my ult's just more useful in team fights. It's yeah, and I don't even know if that's like true. It was in right? this They're both game. so majorly impactful. Yeah, contextual. Gragas he is Zeus's Gragas was excellent. From a team play perspective. And that puts the pick ban in game five, I think, even more in perspective, uh, which we're going to get to momentarily. But let's jump on over to game four. This is the one that you mentioned, Jax. Now, T1 is up two to one in game score. They need a single additional win to go home as world champions. They draft for themselves Fiora, Sejuani, Akali for Faker. And they take the Callista this time around for Gumayushi, and Karia goes Soraka. Very, very, very different look than anything they had shown the entire series until now. And they give up for it. What? They give Kingen Aatrox. Pioshik takes Maokai, which is interesting. Zekka finally gets the Azir this time around. And Deft Barrel, it's Varus Renata. This game to me looked lost in draft. It was. I, yeah, I was so confused by what SKT or T1 was trying to do here. Zeus was going for the full ego matchup of the Aatrox versus the Fiora, which if it gets going for Fiora, it is done. Like there's nothing Aatrox can do in the 1v1. However, Aatrox in his current state much Wait, more did you think it was in the team a, fights of gg it's over for t1 or gg it's over drx wins this game drx wins. oh okay yeah. i was about to say because you said something about i'm like i'm like dude this is like like this b4 this b5 turbo Aatrox maokai just absolutely yes. took all the life out of t1 in this game like in this draft there's no there's way nothing they, they could yeah. do yeah I, like, okay the only way congrats, this could, like 
Yeah. Good luck. The only way this changes, maybe, like I could see the only perspective here is T1 forces it to be a 1-3-1 game, which means they have to be winning early and they have to be in control. They win two of these lanes, maybe top lane skill matchup. Mid lane is a loss. Bottom lane isn't really even that f in favor of Callista Soraka, if at all, especially given how strong Varus has shown itself to Varus be this Renata, series. It was a sleeper underrated lane. Dude, it was I was so, so happy when this game loaded up and we saw that Deftwind attack speed Varus this time and not poke Varus yeah. like he did the yeah. first time he played Varus. I know I know they they won game two with his poke Varus. But I was so much happier seeing him go the lethal. I mean, Pope game Pope. two, he did just like one shot faker at Baron and that like won them the game for him. I know, but it was such so. a sketchy game for so much of it. And I know then, it was it was rough, but I don't know if I don't know if actually running attack speed there makes too much of a difference. I think poke was fine that game. Here's the crazy thing. They were zero two in the bot lane. Mm -hmm. by they the started really rough. Like they were actually losing. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. This is what T1 needed. They needed that bot lane to get going. Unfortunately, what T1 also needed was their top lane to perform as well as the bot lane was. Uh, and uh, figure got a kill challenge yeah. in this game. This Impossible. was the this was the worst Akali like pick of worlds. Yeah, yeah. like playing Akali into Maokai uh, Renata is mm -hmm. impossible. Like you have to run. Well, no, they didn't pick into the Maokai at this point. They just showed. Well, yeah, but even Renata, even with the Renata being picked, it's like at that point, it's really hard to pick the Akali. And then if you do, you have to ban the Maokai. Well, if you don't, you're gonna have zero way to actually get into this team without getting caught and just killed. All of that is true, but he that didn't even make it there because he got fucking gapped in lane. Like he mm. was so low health so early, he never got to actually play the game. So who had it was a reminder in terms of farming. It was, it was a yeah. reminder that Zek as Azir is also pretty good. Yep. <laughs> he's got the uh, the Silas and the Akali that he's known for, right? You know, I think justly so. But his Azir was also really, really impressive throughout all of play-ins and group stage. And this Akali pick was it taken before or after these after after it was taken after it was drafted it was into the Azir. It was R three for T one right. So for me, like the only reasonable way I could think of for a faker to even want to take this Akali is if they left it up after the ban phase and Zekka could still grab it. And you were looking to build a comp that specifically an Akali would fuck over. None of that happened. I mean, they banned this Victor. Was, uh, Derek bans Victor, Victor Aatrox. And the Aatrox just, or the or Victor Yone. And Yone just screams that they're going to pick Aatrox. So like. Yes. Take Aatrox. You just take Aatrox there and you save R5 for mid because maybe you have a little bit more flexibility in it. Maybe you can run like the Lissandra or something like that instead. And what did they first pick? Ver oh, wait, DRX? Yeah, Varus. No, what did T1 uh, get oh, they went the Varus pick? Callista yes. Sedge, yeah. The Callista Sedge. Just like, why? Just why, bro? So, uh, oh. everybody check your bingo cards. Who had Kingen stomp Zeus despite Zeus having counter pick? Because uh, I didn't. No. I don't think anyone yeah. had that square. Me neither. I, I, I feel like th this game is the one where, personally, I started to see what looked like nerves for Zeus. Yeah. Where he was realizing, this is like when he, he understood, 
I'm getting outplayed, and then he started playing worse after. Kangas, how much mm-hmm. did they show of like the teams in the locker room on the big screen between Game 4 and Game 5? How much of that did you see? I didn't see much of it, no. Okay, they were showing it on broadcast. I swear everyone on T1 except Faker and Banky were about to shit bricks all over the locker room. Like they <laughs> Doesn't were, surprise me. It's almost like tell. they're all 19 you years could, old. You could tell they were boomed at that point. Yep. Like, it was... Mm. DRX just had mental gap, especially after like after like game after early part of game four. It was holy shit. Like they looked rough. Yep. And everyone Which is was what like we talked about. Everyone was talking about Pioshik like mental boom. Oh, he's lost all these smites, mental boom, mental boom. Pioshik just came out and kept playing the early game as well as he had like the previous games mm-hmm. and looked so freaking good his early games like piercing really and kingen the top lane uh 2v2 in this game uh it happened really early and i think they just had like really bad target selection for t1 and it just swung the entire matchup in atrox's favor because they didn't get a single kill uh onto the mm-hmm. drx side so um it was just like really it was just like they, T1 was trying to make things work um, and trying to force things that they didn't necessarily have to. Yeah, and this was a, as one-sided a victory as Game 1 was for T1. It wasn't a crazy LPL-style bloodbath. It was a much slower, methodical game from DRX, but their macro play was excellent. Their team fighting was very, very good. As soon as King got ahead on the Aatrox 2, what can you do? You can't group against that team. It's over. Fiora is not going to do nearly as much as the Aatrox is. And Gumayushi was not far enough ahead uh, into a team that included Maokai and Renata. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have ever tried to play Callista into Renata, but if she ults you at all during a fight, you can't do anything because now you have a shit ton of spears and one of your teammates and any rend you do is going to pop your teammate as well. Very funny. Uh it's really funny when you watch it happen to other people. Very frustrating to play with because you essentially are out of the fight for the, what, four or five seconds it takes for Ren stacks to drop, maybe even more. Um, and Renata's yeah. E has a slow on it, which makes Callista just feel so unplayable. Mm-hmm. And we've already talked about how a Kali into a Maokai Renata is like, <laughs> good luck. Lockdown forever. Have fun. Knocked out of your own shroud. You're fucked. GG. Ah, oh, great draft from DRX. Uh, this was the first, this was the biggest inkling I felt of T1 going back to the major concerns we had for them pre-finals, which is, uh, and we voiced these as well. T1 has had some pretty horrific drafts all year, but they looked really good. Every other series, like pretty solid. There were one or two bad drafts uh, between quarters and semis, but still very, very strong um, and able to play it out and hand check really well. And they got gapped for minute one before minute one in game four. I was just going to, we were talking about draft. So I had a question for everybody. You just got hard gapped by an Aatrox by King in on blue side. You are now blue side in game five. Do you A, ban away the Aatrox? Do you B, early pick the Aatrox on blue side to take it away? Or do you C, let King in take it again? as R3 before second phase bans, and and instead decide to pick Faker Victor, which did not do well earlier in the series. I have an answer. You go go for it. You you lock it for yourself. 
You'd think that, oh. but what T1 decided is, mm-hmm. now nah, let's give it to him again. No. And then they locked the most useless fucking champion yeah. in this goddamn draft. Fucking B1 Karma was the worst yep. goddamn B1 thing Karma, I've seen B2 ever. Victor. It did I, absolutely I it nothing. It was just fucking over at that point. Yeah. Like, let's just give it over so Caitlyn Aatrox. What could go wrong? Caitlyn Azir Aatrox in ch- the first three. This champion that has been banned on red side every single game, they just decided to leave it up. You know, I bet that's a really strong pick. Do we want to take it? Nah, let's take Karma. Something they've shown zero priority for this entire series. Okay. I do want to give some credit. The Karma is supposed to be specifically a lane-dominant pick. And they bodied the fuck out of Deft and Barrel in the lane phase. Like, Caitlyn was down, like, I think 70 or 60 CS at one point. I know eventually Deft caught up and had the most CS in the entire fucking game. But in lane phase, the Karma did its job. It was fucking worthless after that. But for 14 minutes, she was useful. For, for me, this is just more evidence. You, you look at what Karia was performing well on. Renata, game one, got a win on Karma, game three. And I believe the Renata was banned in game five, if I remember correctly. T1 banned by T1 themselves. T1 banned it. That's actually interesting to me. It feels like they were prioritizing comfort of young players who were losing their nerves. Uh, again, I don't know. I, I Obviously, that's all speculation based on performance in the games and you know what we might have seen on screens but to me it just shows that they had limitations that team one was not this super team coming into this finals that should have been heavy favorites look at it realistically a lot of young players their first time on this level of stage sometimes coaches will decide even if it's not the optimal draft choice I have to draft for what my players are mentally able to buy <laughs> right now and actually perform on. So that's my read of, of this prioritization in game five. I also think this was a draft that DRX had in the back pocket in case they were pushed onto red side in a do or die moment. Cause blue side draft seemed pretty consistent for DRX between the two games that we saw. And then this draft comes around and we see the Hecarim pulled out and then we see the Bard get picked last pick. And it just looked, this comp going into this game looked super hard for T1 to actually be able to do anything against. Yeah, that's fair. And I I think T1 may have been patting themselves on the back thinking, okay, yeah, we gave up three of the most wanted carries in the three positions that we're losing in. Uh, potentially, although one of them is to Deft, who was not necessarily getting the best of that matchup consistently. Um, and we did that in exchange for pushing Pioshik onto a non-meta jungle and barrel onto fucking Bard. Like, hell yeah, this is actually kind of a decent draft. I think if you're a T1 coach, you're thinking, all right, this isn't half bad, except for what goddamn pick, Badger? What was Zeus piloting in game five against Aatrox without the Yone counter? He, he, Gwen, Gwen, snip, snip. Yeah, and what does Gwen do? Nothing. I absolutely fucking nothing. I I don't understand what Gwen is supposed to do in this matchup. Aatrox just stat checks her. Not even in this matchup. What the hell does Uh, Gwen do this game? 
Like, I mean, she actually had like two really big ults in the team fights. So I think she, as a team comp, makes sense. But as the 1v1, it just feels like you're expecting to play from behind. It feels like, in a uh, sense, it was not, Zayu saying, I, I you know agree what, with I you. lost on a counter matchup. Give me something that's not going to work in lane, but I can do something in the game. It's See, I actually I, I want to push back on the original point, which was, yes, he had really big ults, but did it matter? I think Gwen is just too under-tuned. I think it could fit within the comp, mm-hmm. but the character at this moment in time, as of this patch, just literally doesn't do enough it's a good idea if she can deal insane amount of damage she can basically tank um like aggro tank so rather than actually tanking damage she can just force the opponent to not be able to deal damage for a period of time with her uh invulnerability uh while still dealing tons of damage herself but she couldn't really get going enough to have the impact that atrox was giving drx I just, if their read was it's okay to lose early game in top lane, but we need a split pusher who can also team fight, Jax was open and does the exact same thing better because he's not undertuned as fuck. And they had a Caitlyn that eventually Bugs. was just doing monstrous damage once she finally reached three items, where Counter Strike would have been really high value against it. Gragas. I would have been happy with Gragas. But. I'm 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 interpreting their mm. read as they need to be able to split push to win the game. Mm. I don't think you can tick, pick Jax, and someone correct me if they're wrong. If I'm wrong, um, someone correct me if you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you could take Jax and Aatrox. I'm pretty sure you we, just we've get seen bodied. it a fair few times, and it basically gets bodied early. And if it gets any help or survives the early game it stomps once it's like level 11 with like two items if you have Diego is your jungler and they have hecarim Jax is the play here yeah because po6 okay. not going to be on map pre-6 everyone knows that you can mm-hmm. affect that top lane matchup very early on while atrox is in his weaker stages i mean Jax is weak at that point too but if you take viego who's able to get the start the chain lockdown and you're able to get a kill or at least his flash and make it harder for him and make him sweat in lane. I think the Aatrox, the, the Jackson to Aatrox makes so much more sense than the Gwen does. Here's the thing. Guess what the last pick was? Hecarim. It's Hecarim. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't actually know what that 2v2 is going to look like yet. I saw that you I can think, take it. I think it makes point, more though. sense than the Gwen. I don't think it's necessarily the right choice, but it made more sense than the Gwen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything was better than that. I also think that, like, oh, go for it. If you're going to choose a weak side top laner, but also want to have good team fighting, we've seen a lot of people lean into the Nanar this year. And I don't think it would have been necessarily terrible because you still are ranged. You can still farm. You can still kind of keep up in CS and not get absolutely bodied. But then when team fights come around, you can have a huge impact, especially onto some of these picks that DRX had already shown. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I was just going to say, talking about the uh, Jax versus Aatrox matchup, it's not that bad overall. Jax actually has a favorable win rate across pro play this summer. Uh, Across 30 games, he's won 53% of them. So it's not a terrible matchup. I don't think you can. I I think it's tough to say summer stuff because the patch changes. That's fair. I don't think much changed around those two specifically, though. 
I'd have to look into that. I don't actually know the answer to it. Um, but let's talk about the game itself. T1 comes roaring ahead in the early game, especially bot lane. It is brutal smackdown. They get the better of deft. Uh, barrels barely in lane after things start to go a little haywire early. Also, that's kind of how Bard works. Um, things are actually looking pretty decent uh, for T1, even if they're trading uh, whatever the fuck's happening up in the top lane. Because that's the big, big black hole, and it starts way too early for T1 to be comfortable. Uh, pretty, It's a solo kill, I believe, right? Yeah, pure solo kill. Uh, pre-level six by the Aatrox into the Gwen. And it doesn't get better from there. It gets worse and worse and worse. Um, <clears throat> Faker does not have a very good time. Uh, P.O. sick as soon as... I think even... Does he hit six and then immediately runs mid lane and picks up the kill on Faker? I think that's the case. And top side of the map gets a little worse. The only one doing okay is Owner. Uh, yeah, shit. Owner does well, Faker, and both the solo laners just keep struggling again and again and again. Zekka doesn't get particularly ahead of Faker, uh, but does better, but Kingen is getting more and more godlike as the game goes on. And eventually, we get out of the laning phase, and Def's allowed to actually farm on his own. And that's fine. He catches up. He's not a real champion until he hits IE, but the second he hit IE, pfft, mm -hmm. I don't know what you do. You can't get on top of him if you're SKT. It's impossible. You don't have the draft for it. It felt like it but was just a slow ticking time bomb to DRX's win in mm -hmm. this game. Uh, I also just want to shout out Barrel for being such a giga chad pulling a bard in Dude. game number five. If they don't give you Ash, oh, I want a bard world Dude. skin so bad. The the bard, <laughs> they didn't even get to do like the truly oppressive bard Caitlyn combo. Like I think at all in the entire game. Which is if you Bartle someone, you can then just Caitlyn trap their golden body. They can't do a fucking thing about it. it and then you cue from the bard, and then Caitlyn has time for another trap throughout that. You yeah, know? like mm -hmm. it, it's an oppressive amount of lockdown. They never got to do that combo, and the bard still looked fucking great out well, of out of the yeah, early the laning phase. The bigger combo of the Bard and the Caitlyn is how much zone control and objective control they offer. Caitlyn traps to control choke point entrances to big objectives. Bard ult to stall them out. Like, it is so hard to actually get onto them as Gumayushi here in a way that DRX don't have to engage onto Gumayushi and find him. They can just prevent him from getting close enough to go for those steals to begin with. This is the game where we see the second of the casual F-bombs because Gumiyushi decides, you know what, we all just died and they're going to go for Baron. What if I just took it? And he yep. steals it with an empowered Varus Q. For like a, nobody yeah, walks so in front of the arrow to reduce the damage. He's the only he's one walking alive. Over a ward. It's like they see him walk up to it. They know he's charging it. Piosik doesn't smite it. Dear God, I almost had heart palpitations in the fucking theater, and I thought we were going to have to call 911. I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, like how do you lose that? DRX also gets Mountain Soul this game, but, like, looking at the team they're against is like, is this really what you want Mountain Soul into? Like, it's probably the worst soul RNG they could have got, but then Elder happens, and, well, Elder's a thing. Yeah. 
What's what's so wild is how close, after all of what we've said, how close this game yeah. comes down to an elder fight at the very, very end. Comes down to an elder fight. DRX wins it at the same time. Faker attempts to just backdoor. Uh, T1 tries to stall uh, as much as they can, the DRX team from going back. Unfortunately, they did not realize that Kingen, I think, they didn't realize that Kingen hadn't teleport flanked the team to start the dragon fight. They thought he, or they thought he had teleport flanked, but he hadn't. He was just sitting actually in the red jungle Mm -hmm. for what, like a minute, Mm -hmm. maybe even longer, uh, just sitting on red buff essentially where it was hiding and waiting. Uh, and that meant once uh, Faker completed his teleport back, King could follow him. And suddenly it was a 1v1 that he no longer could win. And then it became a 2v2 because T1 couldn't stop everyone from backing. And once Faker's down, DRX has full dragon. Nothing they can do. King had learned from his mistakes in game two against EDG. He TP'd on top of a pink ward. This time when it went to TP, he went into the darkness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's all you got to do. Damn. What a series, though. Any last thoughts about game five before we talk about, like, post-game? Um, I no? think, again, or going back to the point that I decided I wanted to wait on, I want to ask everybody, was this the sloppiest World's Finals that we've had? Yes. In the, in the most recent yeah. years? Most recent years, L- yeah. Like How the level, far the post, back like, are you considering? I would say since like 2016, like the last five years, last five years of world's finals. Is this the sloppiest? And actually even 2016, 2016 was pretty final good. was actually kind of, kind of bad. 16 I think was it was sloppy. the sloppiest from both teams. Yes. 16 was sloppy. Cause I think yeah, there I have that. been the finals in the past. One team has looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the other team has looked like they shouldn't have been there. They were just not up to par with the other team. I think this is the first time where we've had both teams where it's been like, okay, clearly both teams are making a lot of mistakes. Let me read you the game times for 2016 finals to you. And you tell me if this was sloppy or not, because if games go long, especially back then, it was evidence of it. It is an issue. 55 minutes for game one, 32 minutes for game two. 71 minutes for game three. 46 minutes, 49 minutes. I do not miss that. (laughs) See, I don't agree with that at all. I think it was just a totally different way to play back then. Yeah, I think games were just slow. It was, they had so much like information on the map with how uh, Green Smite was, how support was there was just so much vision and so much knowledge on the map track it was impossible nice. to do anything like mm-hmm. if in semis dear or t1 never can sneak baron if it's how vision was back in 2016 it's never a possibility but now there mm-hmm. is such room for um things to happen where the other team has no information on at least a quarter of the map if not half of the map yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's it's really it's not telling in my mind to compare the game times. Um, what I think is more telling is actually the kill score. For the most part, all of those games aren't very heavy in kills because it was just slow. This was the LCK slow macro heyday mm-hmm. still when SKT was reigning on top. Um, 
I don't think the Samsung Galaxy SKT matchup of 2016 was particularly sloppy. Um, I think it was a decently played match. There may be other ones where I agree with you. Like, I think, did IG feel kind of like an underwhelming sloppy win? No. Did uh, EDG? Maybe. Did others? Like, there are certain other ones where I could say there may be less, quote-unquote, clean winners. But this one, totally agree with everyone else who has said both teams were very sloppy. Both teams made major mistakes. Both teams also had crazy high plays and insane decisions. It's not to take away from the win. I'm just curious, right? Like, it just, it felt like it, it, they were entertaining games. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was a little surprised at how many mistakes I was noticing, um, but still, banger finals. The fact that we have more than also... two Varus Q steals this series says a lot. I think it might also come down to who they were scrimming, because it wasn't actual teams. It wasn't actual coordinated 5v5 like players that have been playing yeah. together for for months or like even a year Mm -hmm. um so it's like in in those like moments where gumiyushi goes to steal i guarantee you no one tried to do that in the scrims i guarantee you no one had the team backing them enough to be like hey we trust you enough to do this go and try to do this if it was like in a scrim i think a lot of the time people don't actually go for stuff like that and aren't encouraged to go for things like that yeah yeah okay fair do you feel like that was a do you have thoughts kangas uh, i mean i, I share it essentially is yeah I, I do think it was pretty sloppy doesn't take away from the entertainment value or the fact that this was the best team in the world um yeah i was just mostly curious what everyone else thought yeah fair enough uh the end result of this of course is drx coming out on top there your world champions brand new world champion quote unquote um, technically, DRX does share DNA, though, with a former world champion, don't they, Bickle? Does DRX not share? Oh, it's right. Gen G. That's Gen the former G, Samsung. Samsung Galaxy, yeah. Samsung White. Yeah, yeah, because DRX was Longju. DRX was Longju, where they were favored That's to win world. Right. They didn't. Yes. That's right. So, brand new organization uh, lifting the cup. King in MVP for his fantastic 1v1 and team fighting. It's the LPL fifth seed. Um, yes. The LPL, unofficial LPL fifth mm. seed. Uh, and yeah, really, really wild stuff. And since the unofficial world championship belt came into playoffs or came into the knockout stage, it does mean that DRX does go home with it. So it will be uh, DRX next year with the unofficial belt as well. So, you know, for those keeping track. You should explain for people who haven't been around for a while. What does the unofficial belt mean? The unofficial belt has been getting passed around since season one world championship. So Fnatic had it. And ever since then, if a team has lost in a official match, so um, it could be uh, a lot of the matches previously could be like the IEMs or things like that. But now it is strictly like the Riot Games matches. Um, and there's a little bit of rules around it. If a team disbands, it goes to the previous team, um, so on and so forth. Does but, it have to be international um, or can it also can be, be domestic. domestic? Nope. Domestic mm-hmm. as well. The, there have been multiple times that the belt has been lost in a region because a team that didn't make playoffs took the last game of their regular season off of whoever was holding it. 
And it's generally considered to go to the world mm-hmm. champion at that point, I believe. Like who, whoever wins worlds that year gets well, it's, the belt and it starts up. I'm pretty sure it's the specific unofficial. No, belt the unofficial is just yeah. passed around. It's just passed it's around. It's not given to the new year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now it's it has re-returned. That's what happened actually. Actually, I think that's happened the past like two or three years where it's re-returned to the world yeah. stage. Anyway. It hasn't gotten so. stuck since uh, I believe 2018. Sounds right. Does anybody know Nickel. the last time the unofficial world championship was defended or transitioned in a game that occurred in the LCK area? So like LCK spring season, spring playoffs, summer season, summer playoffs. Uh, it was no, it was before that. It, it was, was spring um, of 2018. It was 2018. Yeah. yeah Ever yeah. since uh, then, it got okay. it spent a lot of the time in the LPL with a brief intermission yeah. in the LEC. Thanks to G2. Oh, that's right. But then it's a lot of LPL, MSI, baby. MSC, LPL, Demacia Cup, MSI, Worlds, and all the LPL. To explain how this like doesn't just end up with the Worlds winner every time, if, for example, let's say G2, or let's say RNG at an MSI brought the belt with them from LPL. They beat the last team that held it. They won everything. They ended up in MSI. Then they face G2 in the last day of group stage, G2's already eliminated. G2 then beats RNG. They actually take the belt away from RNG and leave. So the belt itself would leave the international event even though it's not finished. So that's just an example I pull up. That's not actually historically indicative of what particularly occurred, but it's totally possible for it to leave before an actual world final of some yeah, the sort the unofficial occurs. world championship wasn't even defended at 2020 worlds it was stuck in the lpl with invictus gaming mm-hmm. there you go sorry sorry hey. not with invictus gaming with uh, vici gaming <laughs> oh oh baby slightly different classics uh all right that's enough about unofficial stuff huge congrats to drx for winning um i think something should be said about skt once again they had the youngest roster at worlds three rookies full rookies uh one pseudo rookie uh and they made it all the way is now knocked and it was a tough out thing of to watch worlds three years in a row and do you remember which rounds the quarterfinals those were? semifinals and finals in order so next That's year really they fun. win in uh, got it Mm-hmm. Next year, Barrel's was... the commissioner that gives him the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> T1 was three wins away from getting a Grand Slam for those who are like, yeah, T1 yeah. kind of got, you know, it's, uh, they were really mm-hmm. close. That's actually oh, wild. Were they? I totally forgot about that. Because they were one game MSI out of finals. MSI, one game out of Worlds, but they were they got three out and uh, they had three out in they? LSK Summer. So so so, so five yes. games, but close enough. Nah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Close Stop messing with my narrative, yeah. man. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. yeah come yeah. on, man. This, if we don't have narrative, what do we have here? Uh, if we don't have narrative, we what have, do we have? We have talking the, about stats. Uh, league rundown five, awards. Five stars. Oh. <laughs> oh God, the awards. Okay, so for those keeping track at home, uh, at the beginning of Worlds, before it really started, we had several different awards that we kind of gave out ahead of time. These were our predictions for how things were going to go. Uh, and now that Worlds is actually finished. We have definitive winners of each of these awards. A little bit. There's some shared awards here. Um, shared winners. Just to run them back for y'all. 
our first award, our favorite one, the Rundown Knighthood Award for which player is overhyped and gets crushed. Then we had Please Bench the Kench Award for Dear God, Do Not Make This Pick Popular in My Solo Queue Games. We had Airport Speed Run, which was the Western team with the worst showing. We had The Longest Swim for the Eastern team with the worst showing. We had Get in the Bin for whichever player had the biggest lane kingdom. We also had I'm Not Locked in Here with You for the most underrated team. We had the most meta of titles, Fuck Jacks, Legends Never Die, for the Breakout Player of Worlds. And finally, we had Joining the Pantheon for the highest pick ban champion. Uh, for those, uh, you know, maybe thinking, hey, these rundown guys know what they're talking about. Nothing made us feel worse than looking at the actual results of these awards and how far off base many of us were on most of these picks. The Rundown Knighthood Award, I gave it to Kanavi. I thought he was going to crash and burn. Jax and King oh, is actually with the classic. It? Yeah, just for fun. And then we're going to do the actual award. I'm just going to okay. recap it real quick. Jackson Kangas picked Knight, which made a heck of a lot of sense. And you guys were damn close. Badger picked Yagao, which it's also kind of close. Bickle picked Zeus, which uh, we just ooh, look at his final performance. Well. I'm great. Mongoose. <laughs> <laughs> Mongoose picked Chovy, which was very fun. Didn't make finals overhyped. <laughs> yep. And <laughs> Cubby also picked Yagao. You're right. Uh, but Bickle. Who did we decide was the true winner? I mean, of the there was some debate. We knew which team it was going to come from, but after looking it over, there's only one man that can win this award, and I'm still upset that Badger talked me out of picking him beforehand. It's Tiam. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, Badger came into fault. the world. This is your fault. Literally one of the one of the two S plus tier junglers in the tournament, and didn't My even bad, make boy. quarters and Never got out. Didn't you make quarters got out jungled by Malarung and fucking God damn it. Levi. Wild. Levi. Not good. We did at least have the right team yeah. for the Knighthood Award, right? Top yep. esports. All right, please bench the Kench. Uh hoo hoo, Jax, you and I are feeling God, pretty Yumi good. Is such you a, want to run such down a fucking cop out answer. This is right. bullshit. Dude, shut shut up. Shut up, nerd. Dude, like, no shit, Yumi's gonna be like popular in solo queue right. before this and she wasn't two years ago, right? She wasn't even like the, pick ban. The, the and now key she's pick ban here is year. the insane level of dominance Yumi showed that forced her to become a permanent red side ban for the rest of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And her being simultaneously mm-hmm. I still the think most it's a hated cop champ- out. And you guys, you are think it's a cop out it. because she is the most hated champion Riot has ever released by multiple orders of magnitude. Like, you thought people hated Yasuo, the memes of, like, Yasuo was getting paid? No, 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 no. Yumi is the most unanimously hated champion they have ever made by such a margin. Every How pro player. You? Okay. Every pro okay. player hates the it, too. Patch before Worlds, she was the second most popular support. How is that making it right. popular again in solo queue? Because 5.1 million people watch this one. That's a good point. Whatever. <laughs> That's a good point. Versus 140,000. <laughs> we'll give you partial credit on the uh, movie. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, we're taking it all the way to the bank. Kangas, you picked Misfortune. Badger specifically support Maokai or Supermassive yeah. Esports. Maokai, say, okay, sure 12.7. 12.17, the entirety of the patch had a 36% ban rate and 11.2% pick rate for Yumi. How... how uh, you know what? We're gonna do some fucking data. We're gonna fucking do oh, data. Oh, we're doing data. Oh, keeps going. Oh, we're, we're, we're doing data. Lower band. Oh, we're doing data. Lower pick rate yeah, on twelve eighteen. Beep boop boop boop. Put this beep, into my calculator. Lower band. Yeah, look at me. Same numbers. Eight zero zero eight five. Yeah, nice pick on the support Maokai badger. Really, <laughs> okay, really yeah, top bad. of the line. Great yeah, choice. Yeah, my bad. All right, totally. Had a chance that was really good at engaging and engage and could literally make it work. Yeah, cool. well, my bad. You're you're saying words, but if you look at Bickle, I think SKT would agree that Maokai jungle was a big, big problem. So, just you know. Could have been, could have been a little bit better. Mongoose, you had Enchanter's top. So stupid. Mongoose, was there a single Enchanter top? Thank God. Timo. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Timo is not an enchanter. <laughs> Timo was Blade, though, at this Cubby. world. Let's just take a moment yep. of silence for that. I That's loved it. true. Uh, Cubby picked Soraka. We decided the winner was Heimer slash Yumi. I think Heimerdinger. It's just be Heimerdinger solely. You guys are smoking I, something. I, Did you pick something up in San Francisco tell before me you why left? It's not bad. Badger, you still have the yeah, most of all sick. of these awards correct according to our choices. So cool your jets. Know, Let I, us I, have I'm gonna this refute one. some I, there's some of these that I'm gonna talk about later that it's just like We've got the airport speed run for the worst Western team with the worst showing. Uh, I had Rogue. Damn, I whiffed on that one. Jax had 100 Thieves. Yeah, yeah kind of close. Uh, Badger had Fnatic, as did Cubby. Uh, Mongoose had C9. Kangas is the, like, troll. I think it counts. <laughs> Not the award I think it winner. It counts. It counts. But, like, gaming. okay, it here, counts. I'll tell you this. Okay, this, uh, is, this the is, this winner, Bickle picked mad lions and so he gets the full euro treatment of the award so you get some you know some actual real money uh kangas you picked asuris gaming so you get some pesos um an equal <laughs> number of pesos to the euros that uh All right, won. so i'll take it yeah there we go okay good as long as we're in the same boat there uh we picked it was mad lions mad lions crashed out in plans again yes honestly sure. looking at this yeah, you can probably see any team from the west aside from rogue and eg and you'd be right mad just happens to i think be the yeah. winners by def- if by you don't make it out of plans virtue of not even making out of plans you right. had a one in three shot of choosing one of those western teams so yes. i'm with yes. i just realized I'm for this. Out. the longest swim here. for the eastern team with the worst showing oh baby let's go uh, I had Dom Juan whiffed on that one. Jax had DRX, probably the <laughs> biggest whiff of this entire yeah, number. <laughs> Kangas, could not have whiffed hard. Kangas yet again. I, no, I whiffed pretty hard too. This but one yeah, doesn't no, even count because they made it into the knockouts of planes. This is an attempt to play it safe, they and it did. still failed. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah Kangas picked 
the Japanese representative detonation yeah. focus me. They took, took a game, game off RG. RG. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'll <laughs> yeah. admit it. I admit it. They were a I'm decent team. Yeah, they were much better than Let's I thought. Let's all just pretend thought. I never did this, okay? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, everybody. <laughs> Badger picked JDG, also a big swing and a whiff. Uh, Bickle with T1. Yeah, damn, we are not feeling so hot here. Mongoose picked EDG, also not great. Cubby agreeing with Badger picking JDG. Uh, yeah, you guys together did not make for good news. Uh, the winners, of course, actually, um, you know what? To redeem yourself, Kangas, who were the two winners of the longest swim? The two winners of the longest swim? We had two. Have been yeah. inputted. We're, Number one, obviously, uh-huh. top esports, right? I think that one's unanimous, mm-hmm. understandable. This one was just recently added, and I'm curious for actually... This. So, yeah, for the uh, uh, you know defending of it, BYG okay. listed. So, Beyond Gaming objectively performed the worst in terms of placement of any Eastern team. They got knocked out in play-ins. They didn't That's even the make worst play-ins placement. knockouts. Yes, exactly. Despite being a that pool is, one seed. That is the worst placement of any Eastern team. They let me down. But that being said, <laughs> I think a lot of people were not expecting them to make it past play-in knockouts in the first place. Whereas Top Esports not making it out of groups is egregious relative to expectations. And that's why both of them are correct answers here. Whereas for the Western team, like Mad not making it out of play-ins means it's kind of automatically them, even though the West shit the bed other than Rogue. In groups and eg come on EG. i'll accept oh, okay. eg as in getting groups. a pass because they had to make it through play-ins and put matt in this position to get there that's the only reason they get a pass because they looked just as bad as everyone else in the group stage i'm just saying okay uh i i think byg had the worst showing then I think you just explained it already. You know, it, lower placement it, it, in the I tournament. It, it's, it depends on whether you're going absolute lowest placement or lowest placement relative to expectations. This is classic MVP conversation. And it doesn't oh, matter. For their own team. And it doesn't matter because none of us got this right. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. One way or another. But we just want to know if we can shit more on Mongoose later or... Mm. Well, you're about yes. to in in two or three more uh, of these <laughs> yeah, of these awards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next award is get in the bin for the player with the biggest lane kingdom. I had three six nine on that. Uh, Jax, I feel like I do. Yeah, I, I feel like a couple this is a hard do. thing. There's a lot uh, of Jax picked to this, and a lot of people got it wrong. Zach, Jax picked Jauhu, which was a whiff. Uh, Kangas, Badger, Bickle, and Cubby all picked Chovy, which was mm-hmm. a whiff. Mongoose is getting credit for this one, which is Zekka. How the hell I mean, did you do that? I mean, I said Zekka was good coming in. I would have put what Badger put for the next two if uh, I wasn't on my uh, PCS bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Zekka was honestly time. so underrated Zekka's coming in that if he popped off, movie. it would be, oh, great. He uh, he actually did pop off, and then if he didn't, people would be like, eh, it was expected, and I wouldn't get flamed for it. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, get in the bin. Our official-ish winner was Zeus, but there were so many people this applied to. Uh, 369, Zekka, um, Zeus himself. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of like other really obvious picks. I think Guma Yushi would have been a good pick here. Yeah, Guma Carry would have been a good one. So lots of great picks. There were some dominant performances. Canyon, yeah, Canyon would have been an awesome pick. In fact, I might even argue that yeah, Canyon was honestly, the pick yeah, here. Actually, except yeah, as Canyon, yeah, I think his gap over Pioshik or not Pioshik over Peanut is overrated. Um, in fact, I think it played into what Genji wanted, but still pretty fat gap. So let's make it Canyon. Canyon's the winner there. Uh, all right, next award. So none of us got that one. Uh, next award is I'm not locked in here with you. For the most underrated team. Uh, now, of course, we all got this one correct, so I'm not going to bother saying anything about who was winning or not. Uh, we'll move on <laughs> to the next one. <laughs> all right. Uh, I picked Mad Lions, which could not be worse, except for one other member here. Uh, Jax picked C9. Kangas picked yeah. EG. Also, that was a pretty decent pick, considering what happened in Plains, but not great after that. Uh, Bickle picked EDG. Cubby picked Dom one. I think which Dom one was pick. actually a really Dom good one was a good too. shout. I think Cubby should yeah. get partial yeah, I'll give credit Cubby for Dom partial. One. We'll get give him partial. That's good. Um, Mongoose joins me in another awful pick here. Uh, Mon- Mongoose deserves gaming, this, which was yeah. I was oh, about to do that. No. Okay. If we're giving Mongoose uh, like a negative credit. For his pick, then I think I get negative credit. For yeah, my that's swim. a fair point. Yes, because it's just yes. as egregious. <laughs> All right, um, I haven't mentioned one member on the cast, and that's because Badger nailed it with the DRX prediction. Kind of hard to not be the most underrated team if you went from Pickums to World Champion, and we're not the favorite in I, any I, of I, your. Actually, I way underestimated them because I th- I said they could they could contend in a semifinal series because I went back and I, and I yep. listened to it. I said, this is a team mm-hmm. that has the chance to do some damage and contend in a semifinal series. And boy, did I even underestimate them? Cause you know, winning worlds, it's a pretty fucking big deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. No kidding. Uh, and that's going to be something we hear about in a second here uh, for the Fuck Jacks Legends Never Die Breakout Player Name of the Name so because Jax uh, hates the song Legends Never Die. Uh, yep. In the Discord, please do not let him live this down. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He deserves red just for mm-hmm. that, actually. Um, we are all over the place here. I picked Unforgiven. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. Jax picks Ven. Wow, that really <laughs> didn't work out so well. Kangas picked Berserker. Yeah, middle ground. Middle Better ground, than right? Sven. Like he didn't. <laughs> he, failed his, yes. he failed his T1 Better, audition. That's all I got to say. Better than both of the previous picks. Uh, myself with Unforgiven and Jax with Sven. Cubby picked Zeus. Uh, honestly, not a bad you pick. I don't call him a breakout um, player, though. He broke out at MSI. Yeah, Zeus was... He also shit on the other number one top laner, but then lost versus King. And I think okay, this I'll is like partial. partial credit. That's partial credit for um, Cubby. Bickle and Mongoose... Mine's uh, bad. With just, this is worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just two gigantic whifferinos. Uh, Bickle picked Wayward. Uh, do you want to remind yeah, everyone what happened with Wayward? He kind of got shit on by every single top laner in his group, including Oda Wamne. Every Apparently now one. finals uh-huh. MVP King in... And uh, Kiaya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, it yeah, could be so worse. It and could Mongoose, be this uh, 
Mangus, who'd you got? Uh, it's, it's Hasha. I mean, to be fair, he did try his darndest. His team is just really, really bad. <laughs> and trying your hardest I, is what makes a legend. Honest, so true. Festy. <laughs> and they never Give him die. credit. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't think he deserves right. red. I don't think Hasha. so either. I think Here's Hasha was good. I think Hasha else. put on a... I did give it to you. Okay, well, <laughs> you deserve it. I think Husha gave us the levy treatment, which means he probably gets a job in LPL next year. No, Honestly, I think it's yellow. good enough for that. I'm giving him partial credit. That's, I'm giving it to him. He, gets, okay. he, he gets, needs a yeah. team. He, he needs a team and he will not, be good. No, I swear. No <laughs> yeah. His, his no jungle pathing right, is enough. really good. So that's all you need, right? Right, Piochik? <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Badger, unfortunately or fortunately, depending upon your perspective here, nailed this one as well. Our breakout player of Worlds is Zeka, based off of his performance the entirety. I think you could argue this was also Kingen's year, uh, but Zeka was a more consistent performer in terms of being dominant from game to game in series to series. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. The mid laners right. he went Maybe through were, to was worlds. a pretty good list of mid laners. It, 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 yeah, it's not like he quick? went through a Jauhu, a Knight, Jauhu. Scout, Chovy, Faker. Who knows Chovy any overrated. of those guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. So true. All right, last award here. Uh, none of us got this right. Joining the Pantheon, the highest pick band champion. I picked Misfortune. That fell out of favor very quickly. Jax picked Talia, which was not uncommon, was but certainly not off. common. It was Kangas. It was pretty far. Uh, Kangas also picked Misfortune, so we got like eh, a third of the way there. Badger picked Trundle, also not a great contender here. Bickle. And Cubby both what picked Caitlyn, the... which is a fair shout. You're close. If You're it's... fourth, 87.5%. Okay. If it was top yeah. three, I'd give it partial. High presence. But... And Mongoose picked Yumi, which second. I believe was second. Yep. But and first Mongoose place belonged to Aatrox. 100%. Aatrox, 100%. Big ban. God, that champion's so Actually nutty. It was hey, very dumb at that point. I, I, you know, I said Trundle. Trundle had a 15%. I thought it was lower. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Trundle was at 15%. I, I thought Trundle it ended was going to be really good in this meta. I think it's actually still decent. Just people I don't think it play just, it. Yeah, I think it was just everything else. That's how I like felt about Graves Poppy. coming through was just what killed it. The fact that we just didn't end up with mm. tanks, right? Yeah. Like really very minimal tank presence. Maokai fell off relatively in quickly lane, into worlds. Yeah, I thought it was also. gonna be like a bunch of like mm -hmm. Orn, Gragas, Maokai top lane, and then it's like, okay, well you just take Trundle because like Sejuani is also a good pick too. Like mm -hmm. but no. Mm -hmm. Fuck me. <laughs> Unlucky. Uh all right, that was it. So you got to hear how good we were at this and how absolutely awful we were. Um let's see, who did the worst of us? I think Jax. I think well, so. no, Jax yeah. had one no, I, green. I think Kangas is the one red. because Kangas. I had one if yellow. Surus Gaming was yeah. his only partial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So winner was clearly Badger. Uh, runner up, God, Mongoose. 
the beyond uh, gaming I picks think, just I really fuck you up <laughs> right now. Duffy, no, give it, give it to Cubby. No, D- Cubby Duffy's got a green up. and a yellow. Cubby's got two yellows. Yeah, you know. I'll yeah, but Yumi's a cop I'll out. We it. don't give him points for that. <laughs> y- Yumi oh, is a cop fuck. out. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow. Listeners, if you want to, right. and if you want to, we can throw a poll up there as to whether or not Yumi being in the Please Bench the Kenshi Award is a cop out, and you can discuss it in the Discord, Ooh. which the link is below us. Okay, okay. If you're gonna hit me for that, then you look at Cubby, and his most underrated team is Domwon Gaming, Bro, and his Dom breakout Wan, player Dom was, was Zeus. Hard, like you know what? You know, no, 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 no. This is good. They this got knocked good. out in this quarterfinals. Cubby's now red on both of his. <laughs> no, no, and I am yeah, not but in last place. Cubby's in last place. took the world. <laughs> Dom one the worlds. Nobody under. Nobody expected that from them. And like Dom one was one team fight away from being in semis, and then they probably would have smacked the shit out of DRX. I'm not gonna lie. I honestly think. If sure, DRX, but there's a lot Dom of could have, would have, should have. One team fight there and win that game. I think they win worlds. They win worlds, hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. I actually don't I know if they beat T one. I think they do. Oh, be... I think they smacked the shit out of T one, dude. I think that you saw owner in the finals. Canyon would have slapped him three ways to Sunday. Honestly, yeah, like yeah. All right, this is great content for significantly <laughs> later. I need, and to, make not a, I need to make a note yes. for Ian about what the yes. title of this episode actually is because it's so long. I just oh, have someone yeah. that says, yes, the just title call is it, all of this combined. Ah. Just, just call it DRX going to give it to you. <laughs> Tell him to just do that because he literally cannot fit everything else into he the title. He should just choose random words from it and put them in as like a hodgepodge. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect uh okay um guys is there anything more that we need to talk about except for the fact that faker got denied a sixth world championship of some sort which of course would be one more than what he has right now which is five five stars on his t1 jacket which is the exact number of stars we'd love for y'all to give this podcast wherever you are listening to this pickle that counts for each championship final not just worlds but includes MSI. i know i'm just saying that's that those shouldn't count as stars people backlashed on g2 shut yeah. up g2 puts a star on it G2 so we're allowing faker to do whatever he wants <laughs> yeah but they could do what they want and faker can do what he want including come back and Where's probably worlds next year fingers crossed when it has worlds. not been announced it's in europe my guess is korea i don't think it's been announced it's going to be Korea it or Europe. China up next, I believe. It was in China last year. No, it was in... Uh, yeah, I think no, last year was Korea. Iceland. Iceland last year. Oh, yeah, that's true. No, 2020 was Iceland. Ch- oh, my God. You're totally yep. right. The last time it was in Korea was 2018. I legitimately forgot. So I think we're overdue for a Korea world. Yeah, Korea, it should be up next. Yeah, it should be Korea and then Europe or one of them gets MSI. So. I'm hoping that it goes Korea then Europe so that we one actually get... a decent like, time zone for Iceland us. was... Not just that, but like Iceland kind of no sucked because it was a full COVID thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you'd like to join in the crowds who are all listening to League Rundown and uh, telling others about it, if you want to help us grow the crowd, once again, five stars would be awesome. Uh, tell your family, tell your grandmother. Uh, we'll be her favorite podcast. I promise you. Uh, just, oh God, we'd say a lot of curse words. She's just going to have to <laughs> glance over those. Maybe, maybe um, you have a cool grandma that's, that's okay all with swearing. 
Yeah, only actually only cool grandmas listen to us. Mm-hmm. So the coolest, that's just how it works. The coolest if your grandma's cool. The coolest mm-hmm. grandmas. Coolest grandmas. We've got some really fun off-season content already planned and starting, hopefully, as soon as next week. Uh, we'd love for y'all to be part of that as well. Join the Discord. We're going to be doing some game shows. That's going to include participation from listeners. We love to get you on the cast or submitting questions, all sorts of things. Uh, if you've got ideas for what you'd like to hear or see from us as well, either this season, uh, in the off-season, or next year, we'd love to hear that as well. Uh, we do this all for free. We're a bunch of goofballs doing this for fun. The only one who gets paid is Ian, and that's because he's the only one who's willing to do the work <laughs> to actually make sure we can uh, be listened to every week. Um, and thank you hugely to all you patrons uh, on our Patreon who allow us to continue to do this, to allow us uh, to continue to pay Ian uh, and put this cast out, usually every week, whether there's a birthday or six or not. So thank birthday, you guys definitely. once again. Thank you. Happy thank, hey, happy, happy birthday, Kangas. Thank you guys for a wonderful 2022 season. We love you, and we'll see you next week for some Bye-bye. off-season fun. Bye, Bye everyone. Peace. Bye.